agents, darling. You think you can dissect me with this blunt little tool? No. I, I, I thought that your knowledge... You're so ambitious, aren't you? You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a robe. A well-scrubbed, hustling robe with a little taste. Good nutrition's giving you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What is your father to you? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? You know how quickly the boys found you, all those tedious, sticky fumblings in the backseats of cars, while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the end. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's Best Film Ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ethan. And yeah, Ethan's here today. Um, Georgia. Hi, Ethan. Hi. Hello, Ethan. We don't have Georgia with us this week, not because she's been fired, no, not because we have any drama, no. because Georgia looked at Silence of the Lambs in the synopsis and went, I don't think this I'm one's going to this one. <laughs> I appreciate and respect that because if you're going, yeah. I, if you're sitting there going, I don't think I, ha- I have it in me to be objective about this, mm-hmm. then maybe that's the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's, and not that it was any sort of heavily whatever, it was just no. that issue went, I just don't see myself enjoying this and therefore I wouldn't enjoy watching it or the experience of going, sitting down and talking about it for two hours. Yeah. I respect that. I'm like, yep, fair enough. That's, that's four hours of not enjoying that's something four that's four hours be fun, of, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of, of, of kind of hurting yourself a little bit. So mm-hmm. we totally uh, encouraged that. And so I put the bat signal up in the up in the sky, and the only person who responded was Ethan. So no, I'm joking. <laughs> we instantly went, we went, there's something that might be scarring. I don't know who I can talk to to get in on this. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan. Ethan is our, if something might be damaging, break glass. <laughs> no, I'm throwing the hat. here to talk about, like, not awful things that the film is bad, but just like, not great sensitive material no because ethan you you you're, you're going to university right now and studying media yeah. studies as part of it and so i think um and, and there's a lot you, you can obviously add to the conversation mm-hmm. so first choice rather than just go let's just do it with three of us i was like no let's, let's have ethan on board on this one it'd be interesting to get your take on it so um let's go ahead we'll, we'll jump almost right into it. a couple of things is pretty well almost right into it i'm being a little bit hyperbolic i got some stuff we gotta get through first let's <laughs> talk about the charts because we had a we had a, a heck of a week Ooh. let's talk about it we charted in the united United States, Yay. in Canada, Canada, in Sweden, in Ireland, cool. in Denmark, in Japan, wow. in Switzerland, uh, in India. Wow. We have returned in Belgium, Yay. in the UAE. We were 43rd here at home in the UK. We were 22nd in Oman. Hey. We were uh, 23rd in Saudi Arabia. Wow. We were 7th in Nigeria. Hey. And we are number four in Sierra Leone. Hey. Welcome Sierra back, Sierra Leone. Leone. We left yeah. the light on for you. Absolutely. Um, big week this week in the pod. We've released a lot of stuff. Oh, and we have a lot of stuff coming out. And still. So if you didn't catch it on Friday, we had just re- we've released a uh, special bonus episode, kind of in honor of the passing of Christopher Plummer. We looked yeah. at Knives Out and thoroughly in- in- enjoyed that one. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to watch it. It's it our was. newest film we've ever done. Oh, yeah. And I was it worried be, it would yeah, result yeah. in numbers being a bit low for it, but it seems to actually be, be doing all right. So that's quite good. I hope it turns into a franchise. What? Um, what? Knives Out. Oh, I thought you went 
the podcast because I'm like, that's kind of what we're doing here on episode 57. Um, we also released, uh, not Silence of the Lambs, we released After 82 today. We did. We have our interviews with both the directors and participants, Jonathan Blake and Patrick Lister-Todd. And that's, it finally got cleared by Apple, like 7 p.m. Oh, I'm like, thanks. God, really? I'm like, thanks for helping me out, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. But the perks it, of Android is yeah. you never have that. Yeah, because that stuff was out like bright and early. It's just always Apple. And we're not alone in this. Podcasts all over the world have to struggle to go, when's it going to drop? But it's been good lately. But mm-hmm. boy, yeah, could have used a little bit better. Because today, February 28th, as we record this, is the last day of LGBT plus history month. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that would have been good to kind of have for the full day rather than the last four hours of it. But I've got. I mean, it's probably still a full day, kind of in America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got the tweets out, but we know that like sixty percent of people listen to podcasts through Apple Podcasts. So that's kind of the bit where I'm going. Could have helped us out just a bit there. But regardless, uh, really enjoyed the conversation we had with them. Yeah, and it's a little bit different to what we normally do. A little bit different than what we normally do. Yeah. Actually, I think we did a lot less talking. Yep. Some of us, <laughs> yeah. some of us especially. I mean, I mean, I did. I think we all did less talking in ratio to what we usually do. Absolutely. But I mean, it was great. It was great. weird for me to sit around and listen to someone else talk for most of it. Now I know how you guys feel. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I wanted to interject like with with some questions at some point, but I was like, I'm just listening. I feel like I'm listening to just yeah. a live podcast. It's and, great. And, and they were yeah. answering so many things I already had down. It was Same. a really great hour. And we've got the link to the uh, film about four or five times on our Twitter feed, if you look. We've also got it in the show notes. So definitely download the, download the, the pod, but then look at the show notes, look it up, watch the, the, the film. It's definitely worth your time. Absolutely. And then listen to what we said about it. And look, what they, more importantly, what they, they said, said about, about it. it. Yeah. So the really. That were there. Yeah, went through it. Went through it. So really yeah. quite honored to have had that conversation with them. Very honored. Uh, so now it's time for reflections and corrections. Ooh. Uh, a bit all over the place. A bit all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so some comments on, on, on the last episode. So you got to see this said, I've only seen this movie once, but can't remember much after a dead infant. It was scarring. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the movie and not us. <laughs> uh, it goes down in the PM says, I've just finished. I've never watched this movie a second time. If you guys weren't doing it, uh, the toilet and the baby scene, just as traumatizing as the first time. It seems like we've brought negative energy. Oh, onto yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, Alex from main street finance. I said, just listen to Wally and thought it was your best one yet. Oh, thanks a lot. Wally. Alex. Paul and Griff said, uh, I actually mean, they should write our tweets for us. Cause they did something like choose a podcast, choose an episode, choose best. <laughs> film so ever. Good. I was like, that's much better than what I'd come up with. <laughs> it was amazing. So well done, Griff. It was missing um, one thing. It was missing some, uh, what was his other film? Moulin Rouge Hay. No, it's not Moulin Rouge. Don't join the club. They said it was a great episode, so somebody liked uh, our train spotting. Cool. Uh, he always thought Spud shaking his head to Retton is to say he's not coming with him. He's ordered the books so to see if they how they differ between the book and the film. So let us know, Griff, uh, yeah. how, how that comes along. Um, I think shaking his head is not to say he's not coming. I don't think he's getting up. Oh, I totally no. thought that was what it was. Uh, interesting, interesting. See, I didn't. I yeah. just thought he was like, no, don't go, don't go. Don't uh, do someone, it. it might have been Griff, I don't know who it was, so train spotting, they always thought that meant to the tracks that are left down the arms of Ooh. the oh, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that is interesting. Aww. Uh, clever. Dwayne Smith brought up that Dwayne Smith. Thank you. Brought up that Kelly Georgia Mc- would like. Sorry, Georgia would like to apologise for her absence today, specifically to Dwayne. Wow, uh, I filled in on the filler. Said that uh, <laughs> Kelly McDonald is Helena Ravenclaw in the Harry Potter films. Yeah, and do you know what else yeah. she is? And no one brought this up. Now you're not going to know this. Ellie's not going to know this. Ethan, you might know this. I don't know if you've seen this yet. She's in No Country for Old Men. Oh, she's the wife, isn't she? She's Carla Jean. 
a film that oh. I teach, and I didn't stumble upon that wow. until I was just watching some extra stuff on Train Spotting because we just done stuff, obviously, on it. And it was her talking about, yeah, when I went out for Old Country for Old Men, I'm like, and it's like all of a sudden it's like the twist in, <laughs> in Fight Club. I'm like, they're the same person. Oh my god, because she does like this, like, like this down south like like accent in it. Yeah, and she couldn't sound any different from Merida from Brave or whatever it was. Wow. So I was like, but no one brought that up because I think she's just that good. You don't, you wouldn't even think to place her there. No, she's got one of those faces. Well, I teach both those films and did not know it was the same actress. That's great. She's very good in that. As she's well. very good in that. I can't wait to see it. Oh, it's so good. You do rave about it a lot. I do. I do. <laughs> it goes down. The PM said that they uh, she recognized her voice as Merida immediately. So well, I, I didn't get it. So mm. it's it goes it goes down to the PM in Georgia who got that kind of quickly. Did did, did Ellie? Did you pick up it was Merida really quickly as well? No, I saw it on um, IMDb? on Google. Okay, yeah. and then I got in the middle of a fight. I said last week between Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. You did, <laughs> and so I went. I'm going to find out the answer to this. Mm. I'm going to put this up. I'm, I'm going to do a poll man. and tell you what people had opinions on this. I bet they did. Uh, my so-called pop culture life said Rocket Man, and it's not even close. Yeah, to which absolutely. point, to Woo! which point, I went. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Smith says Bohemian Dwayne Rhapsody Smith. just for the Live Aid scene. They said they're on pretty even keel until that, and that Live Aid Considering that Live Aid scene something special. That is because they they redid that completely. Yep. There's no live footage of that. That is that is them doing it filmed completely. That's amazing when you see it side by side incredible uh, a new a new uh, entrant into the fray lost in his own museum which is must be a reference to um oh what's his name uh, elliot denham in uh last crusade the guy who oh, gets lost in his own museum oh, of course oh. yeah. yeah um oh i forget what his character's name is that's gonna bug me yeah but oh, uh, uh marcus marcus and says uh Bohemian Rhapsody, but gave some love to Straight Outta Compton, which I have not seen. But that's the third one. That's, have you seen that? That's good. Yeah, you've seen Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's eligible. I'm really, but it's like three hours long. And the guy that and plays Ice Cube is his son. Well. It's his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's so good. Uh, the Movie Chaser 2021 uh, gave Bohemian Rhapsody six out of ten. Yeah, but gave Rocket Man five out of ten, Ooh. and says Rocket Man is as meh as an episode of Glee. <laughs> no way. Fight and talk. I, I want to know what this guy's good movies are. Uh, I bet it's not Moulin Rouge. (laughs) And then the podcast nobody asked for said Rocket Man is a better movie, but Bohemian Rhapsody is the better biopic, but with awful, awful editing. I never recognized the the editing. I've only seen it once. They changed directors, didn't they? Yes. I think so. um, Dexter Fletcher came in sort of middle way, halfway. Yeah, but it's not his job. I mean, editing all happens in post, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? And then, um, so when it all came down in the wash, though, the numbers are in. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. You're assuming that I'm looking smug. You are. Yeah. I am. I'll tell you what. It was like 50-50 the whole way. Oh, really? We had oh. another We have another Brexit-level vote here. Wow. 54-46 with a late push. Oh, okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, okay. I was really surprised it was that close, because I would have said Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's not even close. I love both movies. I prefer the music of Elton John to the music of Queen. I love them both. Yes, I do. But I I prefer the music of Elton. I do. But I prefer, I just prefer Bohemian Rhapsody as a film. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is not even close to being factually correct. I I understand that. I liked how they were different. I liked how they went with the surrealness with... That's what I didn't like. It's not it. Yeah, but that's the just, way my brain works. I just uh, like playing story, and this felt a little bit too stylized. Yeah, for but me. I, I saw an interview um, with Elton John. He said when he played the troubadour, he felt like he was floating. He he was so nervous, yeah. and and to have that in the film, I guess it just depends. Yeah, it just depends what you want out of the film. Yeah, it just shows you. It gives you an experience of what I didn't he like felt. the framing exercise of him in like in like a a twelve steps program, like talking about his his life. 
Oh, I was like, about yeah. this when we review this film. No, it's just, it was kind of an interesting <laughs> conversation. We're, we're still yeah, at the 11-minute yeah. mark. We're all right. Uh, Ellie, have you seen both by any chance? I've not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, no. Okay, and Ethan, any thoughts on it? I've seen neither. Okay. I didn't Ooh. watch Bohemian Rhapsody just because I don't like the director, and I, I really wanted to see the Sasha Baron Cohen version that got canned years ago, Yeah, and I never had time to see Rocketman. Okay, uh, just a little message we got from Vic from Action B Rated. It says, Ian and BFE friends, I've just finished your episode on train spotting. I have to say, it felt like an initially a huge detour from the type of movies I'm usually used to listening from you. And while your episode on Wally was so far the best and funniest episode from you, see, I don't really, it's weird. Wally. You watch these things, you do these things, and you're like, oh, that was good. That wasn't so good. It's a lovely I don't remember what, but as far as what we did, I don't remember Wally going, yeah, that was a good app. Yeah. I don't remember being a bad app, but I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> we do um, so many at the moment, don't we? Topping even my favorites from the episode of the crow and speed but for train mm-hmm. spot i was kind of prepared for a tough listen i watched this movie when i was a kid and no need to mention like a lot of people i've seen burned into my retina for life like the grave like carpet sinking in the floor the baby crawling in the ceiling this is a movie which makes you aware shine with amazing stellar acting chops but it's a psychological thriller it's such a relevant genre which directs trans which directly translate from his country of origin i know he's somewhere in scandinavia i'm gonna guess sweden i could be it could be norway so he's gonna let me know if i'm wrong i'm sure on that one oh, but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say sweden i think it's sweden um, I'm going to say no way then. <laughs> just being up to the side. But he's just, just too heavy for him. But Ian the Gang, you made me listen to this episode. Soak up every word. It was a very enjoyable experience as always. Thank you and keep up the great work. Love y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Vic. Yeah, really appreciate it. Cool Thank you. A uh, few more shout outs on the way out. We've got Even the Score podcast who've just. They wreck us all over the place. And I don't Aww. mean wreck like W-R-E-C-K, yeah, yeah. but I mean they recommend us. As Aww. does It Goes Down in the PM, who says, I'm the hugest fan of your show. Oh, you, you're too kind. It's a musical, says, I cannot recommend best film ever Aww. enough. The Uncredited Extras podcast, they listened and enjoyed it. Uh, resident Posty, Russell. Russell. Hey, 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 Mr. Postman. Said, can't wait for uh, Silence of Lambs next week. Are you ever likely to cover a pure horror movie at all? Mm, <laughs> probably it's, not. See, it's, I said to him, it's not in our wheelhouse, but there are some on the poster yeah, that we have to get through. Uh, yeah. So it's nothing that I don't imagine us bringing it to the table of its own accord. But if it's a time and an element, and there will be opportunities at some point for listeners to have more of a say. And thing is, as a group, we we're a not really a big, we're not really big horror movie fans. Are we? We're not. Uh, he said he I doesn't. I think ironically, I'm the person here who's the biggest horror fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be well up for something like uh, talking about Nordic and and what we just heard from Vic. I'd be well up for something like uh, Let the Right One In, which is a Swedish oh, vampire movie. Film. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, okay. That's one I don't think Georgia could do either. So <laughs> for that one. that's one I I'd be always up for. rave about. Let the Right One In, and I think it's called Funny Games. There's, he said he's not. That's a good one. He said he's not counting Scream because it was Halloween. No, no, a horror movie is a horror movie, yeah. regardless. You said, will we ever? So if we do one that's Halloween, you're not going to count. It. come on yeah in that case we haven't done any ro- romantic movies lately because it was valentine's day yeah <laughs> um uh, Dwayne smith said he just watched wonder Woman this weekend and um just listened to the review as well he expected a lot from the film and was totally disappointed he says i agree with everything ian said go figure <laughs> the writing was terrible the plot's full of holes and the villain is pointless gal Gadot cannot act Ooh, and then finally, said. Carlo said, started listening to Liam's question about how I picture him. I just didn't imagine him to be that young Aww. or with hair as <laughs> colorful. <laughs> but you all look beautiful. Oh, thank in you. In every single way. <laughs> so there we go. There's a little introduction. And we, we had a nice little chat online with some t-shirt ideas. Yes, we did. And people seem to be up for buying a t-shirt. Cool. So we're on it. Let's do it. We're on it. Ethan is in charge of this. 
Good yeah. lad. Good he, lad. He, I'm, I'm, I've been throwing some, some concepts out there. I got some ideas. He's got some ideas. Yeah. As usual, he hits me up and goes, what do you think? And I go, eh, eh. I say, here's what I like and here's what I don't. It's clear. I'm not going to hedge. I'm not going to hedge. I'm going to be like, yeah. Has our listeners uh, threw anything back at us? You know, like what they'd like on a... Oh, we actually stole an idea right from one of them. Oh, cool. And when I say stole, I mean, I did ask. But I, went, <laughs> I went, that would look good on a t-shirt. I actually made this a comment and like, people were like, I would buy that. And I'm like, oh. So I tagged Ethan and said, Pay attention. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get on it. So I, we have we have wanted to do merch for a while, we and have, this yeah. is maybe maybe the push in the right direction. Yeah. So thank you very much, anybody who is like that. Also, watch along. And I threw out an idea about would you be interested in watch alongs, and it was ninety five percent yes, and the only five percent vote was it goes down in the PM who admitted she's got fingers that went in the wrong place, and she voted no when she meant to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was the first vote, so for a while it said one hundred percent no. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a great idea, <laughs> but no. So I'm hurt. So the kind of question is, how do we do it? What do we do? What does that format look like? But we're up we'll, for it. We'll figure we're out. We're up for it. We are I've already it. got a big ox cable to make this thing happen. I know yeah. how I can do it technically. It's just a matter of now, how does that look for an episode? Absolutely. So that takes us to uh, Silence of Lambs. Who's seen it? Yep. You've seen it? Once. Ethan? Years ago. Years? There's a lot I didn't remember from this. And Ellie, I know from a message you gave me earlier today, but you had not seen this before. <laughs> I had not, no. Because, uh... Everyone told you about the lambs, but I guess no one told you about the moths that were going to be in this film. <laughs> so that's decent. No, I'd seen, I'd seen the poster, but I wasn't quite prepared for for this. So, um, yeah, there is there is one thing in life that I have. Well, a couple, a couple a of things. Of things I, 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 have a, I have a thing about flying things, basically. You do, and peppers inside um, peppers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a secret one don't no. tell people that <laughs> it's not like we have a format for that anyway You're all right. <laughs> oh my god I can't believe you just told us <laughs> it's endearing that's definitely a really irrational phobia it is. Oh, no. god, you're gonna get hate mail no you're not no. gonna get hate mail it's endearing it is endearing I, I, I don't have any irrational phobias I don't think I do. I, I don't like maggots. I don't think that's irrational at all. Maggots are gross. Yeah. No, that's, well, look, but then they're not going to hurt you. No. no I, I, but but I mean, insects. Insects are not exactly. Ooh, like, it's not irrational, is it? No, 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 Mine's no, no. Dumb. It's more normal. Yeah, I think it's more normal. If someone said to me, "I'm just afraid of maggots," you'd go, "Yeah, I get it." See, I'm I'm afraid of snakes. Yeah, that's fine. You and, and Indy and lifts. Yeah, but snakes lifts. can be really yeah. dangerous. I don't like lifts. My sister for a long time bridges. Really? Bridges. Yeah. Anytime we had to go over water. She was not good with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not good with heights, but again, I think that's another rational fear. Oh, I love heights. Because if you fall, you yeah, die. Yeah. I think that's. I don't yeah, think it's much a fear of heights as it is a fear of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just just so you know, though, right? When you fall, you're going to black out before you even hit the floor. That's horrifying. That's comforting. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know? Because your brain shuts off. You're going to stand by. Has now. someone ever gone, oh, yeah, it happened? No, of course not, because they're dead. <laughs> I, think, I think it's something you say that's comforting, just in case you're like, oh, well, it wouldn't be that bad anyway. And then you find out. I, I hope you, not. You know, because you go, ah. Uh, and it stops and it's just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, anyway, anyway. So, um,. Ellie's never seen the film before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why we kind of went off on a tangent? Why are we doing it? Because it's, it's the 25 year anniversary. Almost 25 years ago was like was like Valentine's Day weekend. Why did oh, I not do it? Because it was Valentine's Day, Day weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought I can do the one that seems a bit more user friendly, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I can be historically accurate. So I chose 
to pull Bohemian Rhapsody and go with one that felt a little bit nicer. <laughs> and then leave this till just a couple weeks later. So yeah. I was also well off. Yeah, that's all right, yeah. I have seen this movie once before. Me too, once. So I forgot large portions of this. I was surprised and remembered a lot. Okay. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I, I even spoke out some words at one point. You did, you did, and I shot you a look. <laughs> and I went, oh my God. Um, I've only seen it once, though, twice well, now. Well, let's do Context Corner, shall we? So, directed by Jonathan Dem, who, I don't know if it's Dem or Demi, D-E-M-M-E. I'd say Demi. Demi? Jonathan Demi Moore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Demi Moore? Um, who also did, I mean, he doesn't do a ton. Okay. But, like, he's done, like, Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, the Manchuria Candidate and Rachel Getting Married, which is a fantastically... I've not seen that. Ethan, that seems more like a your thing. Have you seen this? The name sounds familiar. I know, I've seen the no. other ones, but not this one. <laughs> That's so. just a long way of saying no. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography by Tak Fujimoto, who's done Ferris Bueller. Wow. Pretty oh. in Pink. Philadelphia, That Thing You Do, and The Sixth Sense, amongst a bunch of wow. other stuff. I thought I recognized that name. He was big. He did, like, second unit on the original Star Wars as well. So, oh, like, wow. you yeah, know, yeah. It, it clearly a, a pedigree. And I thought the cinematography this was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Music by Howard Shore, who did, I mean, you want to talk about as different of a film as you can from this? Go on. He did Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, imagine instead of Hello, Clarice, you pan over to uh, Hannibal Lecter, and he goes, too loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had the perfect opportunity to just have the hello. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. Um, seven, which feels a bit more in line with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Crash. Dogma. Yeah. Kevin Smith's Dogma. Dogma. Oh, really? Lord wow. of the Rings, the trilogy, yeah, and wow. The Departed. Ooh. So, One of that your is favorites. a nice list. That's a, good, that's a good list to be involved in. It yeah. is, yeah. So, Silence of Lambs is based on the 1988 novel by Thomas Harris, and it's the second film to feature the character Hannibal Lecter. The first was called Manhunter, not starring Anthony Hopkins. Yes, I remember that. Did not do well. No. Uh, it was adapted, f- which was also adapted from a previous Harris novel. Uh, prior to the release of this, Orion Pictures partnered with producer who saw himself as director, who saw himself as the actor in this, Gene Hackman, Ooh, to adapt wow. this for film. Hackman was going to direct. Okay. He was going to possibly star. And although there's some things about Hannibal Lecter, it seems more likely he would have played Jack Crawford. He'd have been a Jack Crawford. He would have been. Yeah. I like, I like him. Negotiations were made to split the cost of the rights, half a million dollars, between Hackman and Orion Studios. Orion, who brought you such hits as Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I, I, I got nostalgic seeing the Orions. I, I did, I did. I yeah. did. Uh, so Gene Hackman did buy the rights to the novel, uh, and uh, he withdrew after watching a clip of himself in a film called Mississippi Burning oh, at yeah. the Oscars. They, they showed a clip. I guess he maybe didn't go see it. or had, for, And he saw this one that. really violent scene in it, and he went, I, I, I can't do it. He, just had, he had like a, a crisis of conscience at yeah. the Oscars. Wow. And he went, I, I can't let myself be part of this. He was just traumatized by his own work. Yeah. So there you go. So all, so, 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 so all that trauma really we caused people. Pardon me? That's when you know he's really convincing. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I am so good in this. <laughs> I won't do anything like it again. No. Um, so the producers, though, on top of the book, they had to acquire the rights to the Hannibal Lecter character because the film rights to Hannibal Lecter as a character would have been given away with Manhunter. Uh, so you had to get the rights to that as well. So you need both parts of it. And so these were owned by the producer for Manhunter called Dino DeLaurinaitis. Because Manhunter was such a flop, the producer went, yeah, go ahead. It's not going to make any money. And he lent wow. the rights to Orion for free. Wow. Wow. 
There's a lesson there. There's a lesson there. Always if make that, him pay something. If something, but someone's after something. Yeah. <laughs> Even if, unless we're asking to be on the podcast, then please come and do it. <laughs> but even if it's just like, okay, don't, I won't make you pay me anything for it, but I'll take 1% of the profits. A percentage, yeah. In that case, if it doesn't do well, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm giving them to you. Yeah. But in case it's a massive success, I get something. Yeah, that's what I've done. Um, and so... The, the, the author, Thomas Harris, declined the opportunity to be involved in the movie in any way, although he wished the cast and crew best of luck with the adaptation. And anybody at the end who won an Oscar, they were all surprised because the author sent them a case of wine each. Aww. That was nice, isn't it? Was it, was it a Chianti? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find that out. It would have been great that if it was. That would have been great. Uh, it was inspired, this movie, by the real-life relationship between University of Washington criminology professor and profiler Robert Keppel and serial killer Ted Bundy. Mm. Oh yeah, so um, that's really where we're at, and now we're ready for the movie. And we open with the Orion Pictures logo and the opening scene, which is Clarice doing an obstacle course because she is in training at the FBI Academy. I used to have to teach this scene to students. Oh, cool! In year twelve, they used to do something on uh, a whole unit and some original pieces they would create of the opening to a thriller film. So the first one I would always show them is this one because it's quite basic. Yeah, 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 it's just one score and almost one continuous shot for large portions of it. It kind of reminds me of Point Break. Yep, the similarities there. Yeah, yeah, another training thing. Training thing of someone who wants to be elite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember all the screeching hawks, but there were lots of them. There was. <laughs> I don't remember them either. Um, originally, the movie was to open with Clarice and a male FBI agent in the middle of a drug bust, only to find out it was a training exercise. We sort of see this scene later yeah, in the film. Do, yeah. But yeah. Jodie Foster said, it's been done so many times. Mm-hmm. Let's do something different. And so this is where the idea for this came up, and it was out of Jodie Foster's head. Now, Jodie Foster's gone on to be quite the director herself. Oh, has she? I oh, know yeah, her yeah. more as a director now than an actress. Yeah, she, she, she's, she's done fantastic. very, very few films as an actress these days. She almost all just exclusively directs now. To be fair, the last thing I saw her in was Hotel Artemis. Is that right? Oh, she's good. Only you can tell me what the last thing you saw her in was, but yeah. I'm going to assume you're right. I'm assuming that's what it was called. Oh, is that what you're asking me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, Liam. <laughs> I watch a lot of things. <laughs> you do watch a lot of things. Um, and so then we have, let's talk about the score by uh, Howard Shore. Uh, this was recorded in Munich in the summer of 1990 with the Munich Symphony Orchestra. He said he tried to write in a way that goes right into the fabric of the movie. He tried to make the music just fit in. When you watch the movie, you're not aware of the music. You get all your feelings simultaneously from the uh, cinematography, lighting, costumes, acting, music. But Jonathan Demme was very specific about the music. And um, a soundtrack album from this was released by MCA Records. I'm not sure if I'm putting this on and going, let's go clean the house. No. It's like a toe tapper, is it? No. It's there, just are, there are a few songs in there that are, you know. Yeah, I guess. Just, just rock pop songs. Yeah, most of it's, yeah, but, used but, by Buffalo but, Bill. I mean, listen to this one. It turn, it puts on the lotion. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, don't. And then let's talk about, let's say hello to Clarice, shall we? Uh, Clarice played by Jodie Foster. Um, Interested in playing FBI agent Clarice Sterling immediately after reading the novel, and she tried to get the rights herself. Oh, only to find out that Gene Hackman beat her to it. So can you imagine how much money she would have made if she'd actually managed to be the producer and this? Wow. Because the real money's in producing. It is. Yeah. So Gene Hackman still got money for producing. He he ended up uh, bowing out before it got to it. Yeah, he bowed out as producer. The rights were transferred. Yeah. I kind of thought he might have kept a percentage in there. I bet he wished he'd hung on to that. Yeah. Um, And so in spite of the fact that Foster had just won an Academy Award for her performance in The Accused, I've never seen this. Oh, I have. 
can't remember too so, much about it. But again, despite the fact she just won the Oscar, Demi was not convinced she was right for the role. And there were other people who were given the options first. And the first choice who turned it down was Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, I knew he was no say way. That. Who turned it down saying it was a difficult decision, but I got nervous about the subject matter. Oh. I'm sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer, not half the actress Jodie Foster is. Um, sorry? I mean, you need to sort this out. You and I have never had a discussion where you champion her <laughs> acting ability. I was just going to say. Nobody goes against my Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> put Michelle in a corner. He then approached, and this one feels even more sort of, in a, in a, not inappropriate, but the wrong choice. Go on. Meg Ryan. Yeah. This is the second well, time we've seen Meg right. Ryan's name attached to something gruesome, isn't it? Could you imagine her career going in a different direction if she had it done? She might I have had a longer no. career. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I'm just saying. I mean, you can always make, you can always pivot later on, okay? Yeah, Surely you can. I, I guess. And then Laura Dern. I like Laura Jurassic Dern. Parks only. But the studio shot that down because they didn't think she was a bankable choice. So as option number four, Jodie Foster. Okay. I'm, Your I'm, option I'm, number four is best actress winning okay, Jodie I'm, Foster. I'm, I'm going to be a bit controversial here, but I think I'm not a big fan of Jodie Foster. She looks too timid. In this film, okay, so you, like she can't handle herself. So you don't think she's great in this film? No, her okay. acting's great. Okay, but I don't think her physicality and the way she looks would be. Isn't that I, the point? I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was the whole point of yeah. her character. The fact that she looks like, she, like everybody yeah. underestimates her, except oh, Hannibal Lecter. Um, yeah. Everybody, I mean everybody, because Lecter. They have a lot of scenes very, about it. Yeah. yeah, and Lecter's Lecter's bang on right about everything he talks about in this film. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, okay, I retract that. But you know, I'm just saying. For me, I don't, I don't find her. As- so, if he wasn't that sure, he was convinced that she'd be the perfect choice when he saw her purposely walk down a corridor to meet him. He liked her air of determination. I'd love to hear a story where she was like, "I just really needed to use the loo." <laughs> just happened to walk into him that'd on the way brilliant. that'd be brilliant <laughs> he seemed to like it so i got the part i came out of the bathroom to find out you got it I'm like, oh great <laughs> i think my problem is seeing her in taxi driver um and being so good in that i think i haven't really seen a See, match that i just know we're in this and, and contact i think mm. i've not seen her in anything else well, she i feel she peaked too soon as an actress she's won two oscars yeah, I'm, I'm mean personally I'm just saying <laughs> not, not everybody else generally no. I hate horror movies but people out there love them all right, all she right. did some good stuff for Black Mirror and then she did a thing with Money Monster which was not awful but pretty intense well she hardly does films any. I think that's part of the reason too I mean it feels like you, you, she peaked maybe early because we just don't see her and stuff yeah did she do Panic Room yes okay. that was her return after years of not being involved just so clear, right? I don't hate her. No, no. I just people don't, don't tweet me about Liam. All right? <laughs> yeah, just, just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd give you somewhere to get a hold of him, but you really can't. He's off the grid. I am off the grid. Um, Send the dove. There we go. So when characters are talking to Jodie Foster in this film, they often talk directly to the camera. So we're putting her shoes all the time. We see through her eyes. I, I do so when she it. responds, she's looking just off the camera. So yeah. we're always given preferential treatment that we see things through her eyes and very rarely, not always, but very rarely through someone else's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he, John Jonathan Demi said this was a conscious choice to more readily identify with her character. Mm-hmm. And so she gets into the elevator and everybody is like a foot and a half taller minimum than she is. Probably more than that. Like everybody in that elevator has got to be like 6'10". And did anybody else notice the elevator doors shut? 
That looked like they well, were I noticed so, them shut, but I think you've got a different point to this. But they were so flimsy. That was like really they were like cardboard. I didn't notice this, but you it, did. You it, were like, oh, oh, oh. It looked pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that everyone looks taller, so that just is one of a million different shots yeah. where she looks weak and overpowered and overlooked. Absolutely. How tall is Jodie Foster? I don't know. I will find out. Because when we see her opposite, like Hannibal Lecter, it's not that giant of a difference between them. You know what I mean? She's not. I'm, I'm going to say five foot five, five foot six. I think she's, I'm going to say I think she's five four. I'll go with the average. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like five six, five seven. Maybe. This is the most boring okay. guessing game we've done. Yeah. We do a lot of them. She is five foot three. There we go. So my wow. five four, yeah. but five three is not ridiculously short. No, but that's not the sense that you get into an elevator and everybody is uniformly like a foot and a half taller than you. (laughs) There wasn't even one short guy in the bunch. It was like everybody was, they're literally clones, which is an interesting kind of way to look at it. So why is she different? Because she is different. Um, And so um, she's clearly wearing an FBI Academy jumper and she goes into Crawford's office and we get the thing that Bill skins his fifth. Mm. really gruesome headline it is and we meet jack crawford who like we said was originally supposed to be gene hackman but uh, after he had the script too violent scott glenn was then cast in the role and in preparation he met with uh some members of the fbi who gave him a tour of quantico and played for him an audio tape containing recordings that serial killers lawrence bittaker and roy norris made of themselves torturing and raping a 16 year old girl Ugh. According to Douglas, uh, the actor uh, Glenn wept as he listened to the recordings, and that day he changed his own personal opinions about the death penalty, and he believed it should be enacted based on what he heard. And he said that he lost some innocence that day, but he never regained. <sighs> that is Jesus. tough, isn't it? Like, this isn't them talking about it. I think this is them actually in the process of, oh. of like, gee, like, why would you... Why would I, I get the, we talked about a little bit with like yeah. Hugh McGregor and the idea about do you actually shoot up? Like, why would you you can't unhear these things? No, I can, I can talk do to it. them about their experiences, but don't yeah. don't listen to no, oh. can do it. There is a point with research for a character, but I don't think that's needed for his character. I think or even in for Jodie Foster's either. I think in hindsight, he probably regret it, but you know. oh, very much yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, this and we get some exposition here, but it feels like it's done right. Because he's like, and you're this, he's reading her jacket, this, and were you in my class? Yeah, yeah, I gave you an A, right? A minus, actually, sir. Oh, okay, right. But it didn't feel clunky. It no. felt it felt organic. When in fact, they're just giving us information, but it, it was so well written yeah, that I never at any point went, well, this is lazy writing. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, and so he asks, do you speak, e- do you spook easily? And she went something like, not yet, sir, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, pretty accurate foreshadowing there jody mm-hmm. um and so we find that about cannibal mm, hannibal the cannibal mm-hmm. he goes i don't expect him to talk to you he goes okay and there's so many point of view shots in this scene so what they were talking about is where i noticed it and went yeah, yeah there's so many shots where he's just staring right into the camera yeah and it's like oh hello mr crawford um what do we think do we think he's being do you think he's why does he help her out so much is hannibal Lecter right I don't think so. No. I think he is. Do you? I 100% think he is. I don't think he is, but I think Lecter puts it into her head. So at the, in the end, when she's with Crawford, she feels a bit uncomfortable. I think Lecter sees something special in Clarice, and she's the only one he doesn't mess with. Mm-hmm. So therefore, by saying this, I think it's 100% accurate. Oh, okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. 
It's it's it's, it's not really definitive. It depends on your reading. There's no definitive. Yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't yeah. have a smoking gun. No, 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 no. But yeah, and then we meet Doctor Chilton, played by Anthony Heald, who I thought was fantastic as a slime ball. Oh, <laughs> so, so disgusting and thoroughly unlike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you can make people feel like that way, you're doing a good like job. Early on, he goes. <laughs> We got lots of detectives around here, but only many nearly as attractive. Are you in Baltimore overnight? It's not a bad city if you have the right oh, company. So creepy! Uh, oh. oh, it kind of made me enjoy the ending and find it less <laughs> ominous and more, yeah, more satisfying. Exactly, you kind of rooting. Well, no, because the- Hannibal is an antihero. Right. Absolutely, is. Yeah. yeah, I think we enjoy him getting away. You do, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a red light as she enters Hannibal's unit. Yeah. There's lots of red. It's, mm. Yeah. We get told that his pulse never went above 85 when he was doing previous, like, terrible murders. That means nothing to me. I don't know what pulse rates are. Pulse? You're, you're resting yeah, pulse know, rate. I know yeah. that, but I mean, you could say 168, 34. Oh, it makes, it, means 85 to me. is very low. It means oh, okay. that it's resting. Oh, okay. It means that he's not emotionally charged oh, as okay. a result. So, oh, okay. yeah. I like that when, when he she was, sees like, the photo. her tongue, was it? Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. I like that when she sees the photo, like the gates start to open and it almost sounds like screaming as well. Yeah. Mm. So has this. And why would he carry a photograph? For this point in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes, it just seems odd. Honey, have you put my uh, photograph in there? Yeah. I might be home late. There's this new, there's this new woman from Baltimore. You know, got to show him. Got to, got to be hospitable. <laughs> Um, and so he, she says to him, maybe you shouldn't come with us if he sees you as an enemy. And he goes, well, you could have said this in my office. And she goes, well, then I'd have missed the pleasure of your company. And this works. Mm-hmm. She's like got him figured out like that. She really is good. She is clever. She really is good. Yeah. And there's so much red light. We get told Lecter is on the last cell on the right. Which actually, as she walks down, ends up being the last cell on the left. left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's the last on the right. I think he says stay to the right. Oh, maybe he says stay to the right. Stay okay. to the right. Last on the left. Last one on the left. And so um, we get a murderer's row of inmates, and we see them all as he goes by. And then one just goes up to her and says, I can smell your... And he uses a very bad word. I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> well, there's no way I'm saying <laughs> no that. No way would he the only say word that. I can, <laughs> the only word I'm allowed to say but it's is in a context New Zealand-Australian person. Um, it's... it's um, it rhymes with Punt. stunt. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this is where we meet Hannibal Lecter for the first time. Do you know what I like about this scene? How everybody is so noisy leading up to it. And he's mm-hmm. calm. And he's so calm and centered at the very And end. he's just standing there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like, he knows she's coming. Yes. Yeah, he, he can smell her. So when Anthony Hopkins' agent called him in London to tell him he was sending him a script called Silence of the Lambs, Hopkins thought he must be up for a children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> how wrong was he? Um, after uh, for the role of of uh, Hannibal Lecter, uh, the first guy approached was Sean Connery. Ooh. Can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine? Hello, Clarice. Yes, Clarice. <laughs> I can like a fine Chianti. <laughs> a uh, no, I can't. So see after it. it was turned down, then Anthony Hopkins was offered the role based on his performance in The Elephant Man, which I've never seen. Oh, oh, because yeah, he's the doctor. He's fantastic. He's, Is he? He's good. Yeah. yeah. Hopkins called his agent back after 10 pages saying, this is the best script I've ever read. And then had dinner with Demi. I don't know if there are any fava beans <laughs> and accepted the role. Wow. Uh, other actors considered apparently included Pacino, De Niro, Hoffman, nah, nah, Daniel nah, Day-Lewis. Nah, nah. Daniel Day-Lewis could do anything. Nah, I can't see him in this. All right. The mask Hopkins wore, and I mean the actual mask and not the, yeah. not the other face mask, <laughs> uh, became an iconic symbol of the film and was created by Ed Cubberley of Frenchtown, New Jersey, whose job on the day-to-day basis is making masks for NHL goalkeepers. Oh, and you can see the hockey you, mask you can in see it. see that, yeah. 
Yep. And I remember the year that this was up for the Oscars, um, they did like this fake you'd call it a deep fake now where Billy Crystal inserts him into every other film that's up for best picture as part of this montage. Yeah. And then he comes out and he comes out for the ceremony and he's in the Hannibal Lecter costume. Oh, I remember Strapped that. Yes. up with the mask. And of course it gets a big standing ovation yeah, and yeah. they like un, unclasp him. Yeah, from this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's become the iconic moment in that movie is that sort of look. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's been parodied so many times. Yes. And Hopkins created his interpretation of Lecter based upon the voice of HAL 9000 in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay, yeah. As well as the vocal cadences of actor slash actress Catherine Hepburn and writer Truman Capote. Oh, okay. And he oh. actually was initially scared to first talk to Jodie Foster because she just won an Oscar and he was a little bit intimidated. That is strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the inspirations that he borrowed as well was a friend of his in London who rarely blinked when speaking, which unnerved anyone around him. And if you're paying attention, he never blinks. Yeah, in this you film. can see that. Yeah. Uh, he uh, Hopkins studied files of serial killers, visited prisons, and st- studied convicted murderers. Was also present during some court hearings concerning gruesome murderers and serial killings, but did not listen to any tapes. Good, as far as I can tell. Good. Um. One second. Uh, Hopkins viewed this film as a last-ditch effort to really break out in Hollywood. Although he'd acted in movies and television since the 60s, he'd not reached A-list status, nor had he attained the prestige he was hoping for. He wanted to say if this film hadn't garnered the career boost he was seeking, he would have quit his acting in Hollywood and focused instead on the British stage. But, of course, as we know, this film was a major critical and commercial success, making him a household name. Yeah, and he went on to bigger and better things. I don't know, better. Well... Or even bigger, but he, he went, but he went on. He went on to have a, a very successful a very, career. Very good career, yeah. Yeah, that he, blows my mind that there was a period of time where he was not like that successful, even then, and thought he wouldn't be able to make it in Hollywood. When you he's think always of always been a household name since I've been. When, yeah, you, I mean, when you think of Anthony Hopkins, you think heavyweight, don't you? You think you think big guns, of actors, Hollywood. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in here as the proper actor. Absolutely, coming up. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, we get the actual first meeting where he wants to see Clarice's credentials and they play with you so much into thinking he's going to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Bring him closer. 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 Now, nothing's actually going to happen. There's only yeah, like little yeah. like air holes, but he's like, come on, you know, every time she gets closer, you're convinced that something's going to go wrong. Because they put it, that little seed in your head. Yeah. They, they say to you, do not get close to the glass. Because especially, I think everybody, everybody sees her as the little, weak little girl. She's yeah. not even a full FBI agent. She's small. We got a chair for you. Let her go down by herself. Everything is so, if she's not being sexualized, then she's being told she's going to be ineffective. Yeah, yeah. And so um, he notices, he goes, it expires in one week. You're not really FBI, are you? And he says, what did the person next to you say? And she responds he said i can smell your stunt <laughs> and he goes i myself cannot <laughs> but he can smell her line. skin cream and her perfume choices apparently there's other versions of this that they edit out that word and then his his obvious line afterwards yeah, yeah. uh which is a, it's, 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 as weird as it is it's like this That's funny charming moment out. it is yeah it's one of the things they had asked the only oh. it's the only cut they make in the whole movie <laughs> i was gonna say there's like one thing in like five minutes which would probably make the cut um <laughs> yeah she wants a questionnaire and he psychoanalyzes her and cuts her down within moments as just being a trainee uh and so he wants to know why they call the killer buffalo bill um she says it's got something to do with the fact that he skins his victims 
Um, she says, well, we think it's maybe kind of like a trophy, but Hannibal, we find out, doesn't do that. He eats his trophies. She goes, yeah, but you ate them. No, you eat yours. <laughs> yeah. And he said, do you think you can dissect me with this little blunt tool, which is the questionnaire, which does feel kind of stupid. Your mission is to go and then him to fill an A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give you the answers that we want. Um, but he, he picks her apart. He goes, you got a nice bag, but your shoes are cheap. So you're in here trying to you're trying to fool me. You're not going to fool me with that. Just to which point, psychoanalysis, doesn't he? Yeah, he knows way more about women's shoes than I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes, nice bag with cheap shoes. You're a rube. Not more than one generation removed from poor white trash. Uh, he criticizes her West Virginia accent, and that's funny because he wasn't supposed to do that. And when he did that, it shook her so much so, and she was angry in the moment and then went back to him afterwards and said thank you for doing that because it unnerved me and that was the right thing for the scene Mm -hmm. from that moment alone you go this woman's going to be a director she gets it yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. it wasn't about ego or i look this you went that was the right call for the movie well done it was uh we get told a census taker once tried to test me i hate him with some fava beans and a nice chianti (laughs) and then the slurping (laughs) which was improvised yeah which has become Iconic now, isn't it? Oh, he did that's, it. So, that's referenced so much. He did it spontaneously it? during well, filming, and everyone thought it was great, but Jonathan Demi, <laughs> the director, became annoyed with it after a while. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, t- I told my mom today that I'd watch this film, and she was like, oh, did he do the... <laughs> and it was like, that's the one thing you know about this film. You I don't should, think she's ever even seen it. You should go, <laughs> no, it's one of two things they cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then she goes to exit, and she's disturbed, and he goes, fly away, little starling, which was quite cute, actually, because yeah, yeah, a starling's yeah. a, is starling a baby bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just a type of a bird. A type of okay. bird, small bird, yeah. yeah. But again, it's all that noise again, isn't it? Oh, there's all this layers all of noise, yeah. and as she's walking away, she looks at the guy next to him, and he's clearly masturbating. Yes. And then as she walks by, she gets hit in the face with Blah. some semen. Yeah. Uh, he calls Blah. He calls her back, apologizes for what is... Uh, what is yeah. you mean neighbor Lecter calls her back <laughs> yeah Lecter calls her back sorry yeah apologizes for for the guy being rude and says i'll give you what you want you want some advancement i want some things too come on back come on back here's what you do and that's right she leaves and we get a the fl- bit that really got me about this was the fact that she comes right up close to the glass they're pressed against the glass with each other and yeah. the whole bit before that we've been distant they've said do not get anywhere near the glass and, and don't let them in your head and that's the first time he gets excited. Yeah, he's like right up there and he's really quite agitated because yeah, he's speaking yeah, yeah. with purpose and rush. Yeah. Um, we get a flash of the childhood. Dad's a cop. That's about all we get from that. Mm-hmm. And she goes and cries by her car. And this is because she spent some time with FBI agent Marianne Krauss prior to filming. And it was this woman who gave her the idea of standing by her car crying because she said sometimes the work becomes so overwhelming that it's just a good way to get emotional release to cry no. by your car. Can't cry in front of your colleagues. No, you can't. Especially if she went in as a female agent yep. and cried in front of her colleagues. You woo! lost them. Lost them. Lost them. Yeah. Then we get a training montage. She's kind of crappy at her home invasion but learns... It does suggest she might be in danger in close quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she, again, that heightens awareness later on, doesn't it? That's what yeah. it's about, is it? She continues to study, and then Crawford calls her and goes, hey, I know what got ugly today. And I'm like, wait, what got ugly today? <laughs> is this the stuff of Hannibal Lecter? You tell me she did all this in one day? Wow. Or is there something else that went ugly today? Is the ugly just her on the training course? I have no idea. It feels like this was shot and then put in a different order. I felt it was all in the same day. Because otherwise, you're telling me she went and interviewed. She went and she's just a file report as well. So she went and interviewed um, 
Lecture. Oh, oh, I see. He, no, she he, then went and did her training course, and then she was doing some sort of um, she, she's sort of running, and she's objectified by her by her peeps because they give her up and down as they run by her and her friend. Yeah, and then she gets called in saying, "Oh, I know it's been kind of rough." I thought it was the same day, but actually that, looking that, back, that's a lot to do in one that, day. That is a lot to do in one day. You're right. No wonder these people get so much done. <laughs> You know, I think it's a good day if I get up and put some laundry in. <laughs> um, we have a uh, a phone call. We have Crawford later on. We find out that Miggs is dead. He swallowed his own tongue thanks to Hannibal Lecter's influence. Mm-hmm. That's some powers of persuasion. Mm. That's Charles Manson powers of persuasion. Yep. Uh, she finds out that Moffat, which she found out when she spoke to him, um, was rented in the name of Moffat. Uh, the storage locker won't open, though. It was a 10-year contract, so it explains why it was there. She gets a car jack and props the door open, cuts her leg, um, and it's the biggest storage locker ever. This thing rivals the TARDIS because it Huge. looks small, and then you get in, and it's there's a car inside this thing. As well as, I mean, like there was barely enough room for her to get in if she laid down and scooched, yeah. and then you have a car in there. I'm like, what? <laughs> and you find a uh, a head. Severed head. Severed head. But. Um, she goes back. Which is ironic because you see a mannequin. I mean, yeah, no it's head. a mannequin with no head. And then you see the yeah. head with no body. Yeah. Uh, and the head's not a mannequin. She goes back and sees Lecter and says, you rented that garage. Uh, Esther Moffat is a uh, anagram mm-hmm. for the rest of me. And he goes, why don't you ask me about Buffalo Bill? And she goes, well, um, well, who killed who killed this guy? Who he was a patient of mine, but I didn't kill him. But it was the best thing for him. His therapy was going nowhere. He was a garden <laughs> variety manic depressive. And this we get the idea of it. Obviously, it was a screw loose. He does not get the value of human life. No, he's no. a man with no, no empathy. But which, again, which is ironic for his profession. Yeah, it's foreshadowing stuff because it's a male head, but a female mannequin. And so this is where he asks Clarice, Jack Crawford's helping your career. Do you think he wants you sexually? And she goes, that's the sort of thing Miggs would say. And he just goes, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I think. I think, he's, I think he's 100% right. Yeah. Because he's not wrong about anything in this film. Or else, why is Crawford so invested in her? Because he is, and it's her and her alone. Even when he's at like the graduation ceremony at the end, he gets out of there super quick after having a one-on-one moment with her. Yeah. But then is it... Is it purely sexual? <sighs> I, I, see, we, we don't know. Can you see something in someone and just go, "Look, I see where you're going. You can. You, you've got potential. You can." But the question is, is Lecter wrong with anything else? Mm-hmm. So, one of the odds, this is the only thing he's wrong about. True. True. Do you know what I mean? But he, but he doesn't give you that. Because ready for this, she's got two mentors in this film. One is Crawford. One is Lecter. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Crawford want like actively does want to help, but also has an ulterior motive at the same time. But if, if if Lecter hadn't said it, you wouldn't ever thought it. She's plucked from the academy. No. She's plucked from the. There's not anybody who currently works in the field who could do this. But again, you would you see? I don't know. We don't see the backstory of it, so you no, don't know. You don't. You don't know whether he that's sees. The thing. So that's the thing. That's why it's a debate. That's yeah, why. Yeah. It's, that's why we can't come to a consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My reading is this. It doesn't it, have to be anybody. What else's you reading. say makes sense because he he is always right about stuff. Yeah. So why would he be wrong on this? Dwayne Smith suggested I was always right about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'm not saying I'm Hannibal Lecter. But <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we're never going to hear from Liam again after this recording. No. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ian's developed a taste for Chianti. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he wants a. He's got a deal. I want a view, a room with a view and a breeze, and so I can see trees in a federal institution. Uh, she's like, I'm not really made to make deals. He went, I'm offering you a psychological profile, Buffalo Bill, based on the case file. I'll help you catch him, Clarice. And she's like, all right, okay, maybe we do. She said, all things, good things come to those who wait. Our little Billy must already be looking for that next special someone. And just to prove he knows everything, we're we literally going to cut. We are. <laughs> go straight to that point. Memphis, Tennessee, and some Tom Petty. Oh, great American song. girl. American girl, yeah. And then there's this guy looking for help, putting the couch in the back of a van. Now, granted, he was using night vision goggles a second ago, so we're going, uh-huh. that's probably not good. Nope. And she goes, can I help you? Now, like, this place, look, this neighborhood looked really run down. Am I alone in thinking no, this? you're right. Like, yeah. This is like, like a crappy part of town. Like, there's no part of me that's going, yeah. I want to help. No. Can I help you with that? He goes, you don't mind? She goes, no, you look a little handicapped. Now, I need to mention, in the United States, that's not nearly the same level of term as it is here. <laughs> so where you would call something a disabled parking spot in this country, you would call it a handicap space back home. Okay. So it's not as derogatory as it might sound to a British audience. That word has not become um, achieved derogatory status. It's just a description. A description. Yeah. yeah. So we use it in the same manner that you would say disabled. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, she should have had alarm bells ringing the second he says, oh yeah, just go into the back of the fan yeah. to help me push it back. There, there was is, no need for there that. There is that awkwardness where you're like, okay, I'll help you. And then you're like, oh, I don't really, oh, it's, it's awkward to say no. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, I'm I think she does have a bit of a look. That oh, she does. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he goes, you look about a size 14. Is that right? <laughs> I'll give him credit. Man, he's got nine in the dark. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's exactly, thanks for those attacks, it's size 14. He's like, all right. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> and this is where we find out we've got three days. This is our race against time. He takes three days. Uh, we got some pictures of Buffalo Bill's cannibalistic tendencies. Uh, she's, uh, this is her and Crawford on the way to, to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's figured out he's got his own house. He's in his 30s or 40s. He's cautious, precise, but he's got a real taste for it and he's getting better. She's also figured out that Jack sent her in to get the opinion on Buffalo Bill. She said, I'd like to know if I'm being used in that capacity. And he goes, if I told you, Lecter would have got, figured it out from you in about a second. Absolutely. So fair play. Yeah, yeah. But there is this also this uneasiness about going, She's he's not being 100% up front with her. Now, I he, think he Lecter ex- already he, knows. He can explain it away. No, but sometimes you, like you said, you know, you, you can't give too much. Like, you know, like when um, somebody's on the run and they go to their family and they go, where are you going? Don't tell me. I can't tell anybody if you don't I, tell I, me. Yeah, that's right. Be like that, really, isn't it? She can't tell Lecter anything if she doesn't know specific things. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the argument was that she would tell her, tell him, but he would read but it. He, he, he would got read some, it. Yeah, he'd have got yeah. out of the yeah. Um And so we get a flashback to her father's funeral because they're at the funeral for girl number five. Yeah, the last one. Yeah, the most recent one. Yeah, yeah. The funeral for girl number five, uh, but just flashback to her own father's funeral. And we find out the FBI aren't welcome in West Virginia. No. Uh, sorry, they're in West Virginia, not in Tennessee. Um, and so um, she goes into this room with all these like sheriff's deputies. And again, she's little and they're all massive. Are, yeah. There's not one out of shape guy or old guy. They're all just kind of like in the prime of life and so tall. And she sends them out and they all kind of look her up and down and leave thoroughly disgusted, kind of at a girl's telling them what to do. But credit to her. Yeah. 
She does it well. She and, does. And then the body is revealed when it's just them in the room, and all we get for the start is reaction shots. Ugh. We get all their gross-looking faces, and they call her over, and she's trying to you know, keep her lunch down as she's looking at the body and just making for the audio record, notes. I would have uh, hockaloogied all over that. Uh, hockaloogied? Well, I'd have been... Hockaloogied is like <laughs> when you spit. spit you smoke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like... And you're kind of like, spit. Oh, okay. I'd have vomited over. That's, that's, yeah, it's different. <laughs> I've been using the wrong term all these years. You have. <laughs> Is that when you have a sick delight? You're not really that bad. So, yeah, I just hopped to leave you. <laughs> Liam, you're coming in. I had something, very, not, not nearly the same, oh, but I had something where, um, yeah. it took me till I was in England for about seven, eight, nine years. To, yeah. I, no, I, don't know what this is. I came across the thing that apparently British people use the word quite as a minimizer. So if I say, I'm quite happy with that, yeah. it's better to say, I'm happy with that, and quite happy is less than. Yeah. The problem is, in North America, we use this as an amplifier. So I'm quite happy with that means I'm very happy with that. <laughs> so for years, I've been meeting parents at parents' evening going, oh, he's doing quite well. <laughs> and I think I'm being like, yes. And they're probably walking in going, you got to work harder, Mr. <laughs> in, in Sir's class, because he says you're, he's only, you're only doing quite well. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I was like in the country for years before I stumbled onto this. See, I thought I had a full like it was like it was like one of those like brain breaking moments where you're like, what do you what the difference in ocean <laughs> makes? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, I was quite upset. <laughs> um, and so she continues to and as they make audio notes, we have the body in the foreground, but it's just shallow depth of field. It's mm-hmm. just really, really kind of blurry. And we see and then as it goes on, we get we sort of we get to see more of it. I wish I didn't. I wish I hadn't. Yeah, uh, it it's starts so posse. Yeah, and it starts Ugh. when they look at her hand. Who? it's rough. And then they show us more of her because uh, they flip her over on her back and we see the strips out of her back. And then they flip over one more time and Clarice notices something down her throat. And I swear that's a real actress laying there. It probably is. That's, yeah. And then there's a cocoon. Yeah. Of been gagging. A moth slash butterfly in, in, in the throat. I'd have been not Hockaloogian. Crawford. <laughs> We cut to them leaving, and Crawford's going, oh, I'm sorry that in front of the guys I had to say that you're a woman, you wouldn't have a stomach for it. But, you know, you guys got to play with these. Basically saying, i got to play politics for this reason. And she actually calls him to task respectfully by going, you know, it matters, sir. The police look to you for how to act. It matters. It does matter, yeah. And he goes, point taken. Yeah. But again, I don't think he's as good a guy as we're made out to be because he's saying the right thing. But if it happened again, we don't get to see him do it again. But I think he'd do the same thing again. I really do. It It's the same oh, energies a- of, oh, I, I got voted out for, the, for you coming to the funeral. Yes, if you want to catch many more times saying that, check out our review of Knives Out. <laughs> that's knives out. but no I think you're right it's the same idea where I'm going it's, I have to do this to play with this group but if it was up to me it'd be different see I didn't get that vibe from him I'm saying I'm not trying to convince you to my reading yeah. I'm saying this reinforces my reading oh, okay. if you choose to go down that way yeah 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 uh, then she goes and talks to the bug people who are the nerdiest guys who ever nerded <laughs> I said what does a bug guy look like there dorks <laughs> one has make two it? lazy eyes one has two lazy eyes the oh. other one's just really excited about bugs and they're playing like chess and the bugs count as moving pieces <laughs> this grossed me right out Damn me. um and so the one with the lazy eye has the hots for her yeah and she's kind of it's weird i don't know if she's just kind of being charmed by it because in, in, in essence there's nothing wrong with, with hitting on someone i guess as long as when you get the no you 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 shut it down or else do we live in a world where people don't hit on each other? 
Yeah, true. What do you think, Ellie? What do you think about this? I mean, the setting was a little bit inappropriate, but I don't think there's anything wrong. This with is the it, most normal say. thing she experiences in this whole film. <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> and she's almost kind of amused by this. Maybe because maybe because Buddy thinks he's got a shot. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, he, and he so hasn't. So. I wasn't quite sure either how like how well she knows him already. It seems like it was she a pre-existing relationship. It did. Yeah, yeah it felt like she knew him. Yeah, they they kind of established that she knew him and not the other one. I think that could have been established. Just a line of dialogue or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, just, I know what I can't remember what the dialogue was, though. But they get, like, this cocoon, and he goes, this came out of a murder scene? It's like, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what's, you know what's not cool? Stop separating the word cool into two syllables. Is it, didn't he say, is this dude Buffalo Bill? Yeah, and she went, I'm not, basically, yeah. trying, I'm not at liberty to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And they go, and they open up this moth, and they go, oh, somebody loved this one. Fed him honey, did all this sort of stuff. And again, it's just like they're aware of the editing. The film's going to go on, because now we're going to the Buffalo Bill's house where there's moths. Absolutely. A lot of moths. I'm and assuming this, this is when I got the message. This was when I messaged yeah. <laughs> And we in get moths. In capital letters. In all capital letters. Actually, I don't think it was that bad. I'm thinking, there must be some bigger scene I've forgotten. Oh, God, it was awful. Like, just, ooh, I thought she must like open the door and like moths like, flew oh, at her. No, but, but, I did, but I didn't know what else was going to come in the film, and this was too much for me. And I was like, this, you know what? This hasn't been that horror-y so far. It's been absolutely fine. And then these moths come in, and I'm thinking, oh, God, am I going to have to turn the bloody thing off? <laughs> So there's lots of mannequins, lots of moths, lots of alternative music. And it felt like an alternative music, like 90s music, like video. Yeah. And a puppy. You can tell it's an edgy killer because they've got all the alternate music. Yeah. This is where David Fincher's was going, I'm stealing this for like every other movie I will ever make. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the girl kidnapped is Catherine Martin, the daughter of a senator. And again, it's an effective use of exposition because we get this information through a news broadcast that gives us all the information we need to know. We just get to see her watching it. And I'm going, this is really well done. Mm -hmm. Rather than go, oh, I hear her, her mother's a senator. Yeah, and she'll do anything to get the kid back. No, we'll just show it via a news program yeah. and have her speak directly to the camera. Yeah. Brilliant. Yep. Really like well done. When, when we're introduced to Catherine, American girl is playing. And what's more American than an American senator's daughter? Whose mother is also, whose mother is a senator. Yeah. Not her father, but her mother. And her mother tries to humanize her. Because you and I were talking about this, how she was going we on. Were, we went, were, yeah. what, why are they showing pictures of her as a child? And the answer is, you want, it's harder to kill someone once you've seen them as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. I would assume I haven't had this experience, <laughs> nor am I saying that I kill people and have no issue with them. <laughs> Liam, right. have child photos around you whenever you're with them. <laughs> just, just a case. Just to humanize them. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's this idea. And again, it's the idea about why do they keep using her name? And it's again to humanize her. And I don't know if you noticed this. We go right from this to it puts the lotion on itself. Yeah. yeah. The really use of the pronoun it rather than you or her or she or Catherine, it Ooh. creates distance. Yeah. Until she starts to say something like, I want my mum, I want my mummy or something. And then he just goes, just put the fucking lotion on. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no pronoun there, but yeah. No. Uh, and so um, if you say, oh, so we go back to Hannibal. Hannibal says, if you save Catherine from Buffalo Bill in time to save her life, uh, then oh, this is her deal for him. If you save, if you help us save Catherine from Buffalo Bill, you can get what you want, including this one week vacation at Prison Island. Plum Island. It's like the it? center. Hey. It's like the center parks for prisoners. Yeah, <laughs> you can swim in the sea. 
with for a own, whole hour with, with your FBI own SWAT agents. team. Yeah, with a yeah. hundred SWAT team. <laughs> I was thinking, this is an awful lot of manpower. Mm. I'm like, I forget this part of the movie. <laughs> uh, he wants quid pro quo. Um, I want to learn about you, and then I'll give you some I information. Like this, I like this speech. Yeah, it's great. Because she used it against him, too. Yep. Uh, what's the worst memory of your childhood? My father was killed in the job by two burglars. He says, the girl who got killed, was she, a, was she a large girl with big hips and roomy? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And what was the thing? Was, was it a butterfly? Oh, he had something. We found something. something. And he said, was it a butterfly? And she goes, whoa. <laughs> and he goes, the significant of the moth is change. And he, he gets this. He gets mm-hmm. exactly what this is. Uh, and she says, I bet he wants to change too. And, and states, he's, he's tra- tra- maybe a transsexual. And she goes, but there's, no, there's, there's been no link between transsexuals and violence. In fact, we actually find they're, they're more peaceful than the rest of the population. I like the fact that that statement was in the movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I don't want a movie where a transsexual can't be the killer. Yeah. But I don't want you to tell me it's because of their transsexual nature yeah. that yeah, they kill. Absolutely. So I'm okay with this. Yeah. Because they establish. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no! When it first happened, I was concerned what the narrative of it would be because there was that whole controversy with J.K. Rowling's transsexual killer recently. Yep. So I like that they actually didn't make it. That's the reason why it's why they're a bad person. No, he's just deranged. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, he seems to have transsexual tendencies, but that's not the reason why. No. Why? Why Buffalo Bill's a killer? No. So I like that because yeah. that's our situations where anybody can be the bad guy theoretically. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not sure you can make this today. No. I I don't think that nuance would actually be played in. I think it would be more lazily be interpreted as, you're saying, well, no, we're we're clearly not. Yeah, I know. I think it would have to be more heavily explained (laughs) and this isn't why, but even then it would still be kind of a controversial plot element the characters would have to look in the camera straight on five different occasions and say and again doctor you're saying that there yes i am saying that there is no la- it was yeah. It would, it, yeah it would just be too too difficult today i think to just do this. just for what she said was 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 good it was good yeah yeah um and so she goes what happened next he goes well i don't imagine the answers on those second rate shoes that you're wearing He's and the thing is shoes. his back is to her yeah so he automatically knew that his question would make her look at her shoes yeah and his back he doesn't have a mirror he just knows and that's the thing of the reveal shot which i'm not sure you guys sort of brought it up but as we get the perspective of her as the camera pans over he's already stood there looking mm-hmm. when they first in, like he always knows everything yeah, yeah so well done um and so this is where we find out billy's not a real transsexual i wouldn't be surprised if he's been rejected uh for transsexual operations look for severe childhood trauma and abuse he hates his own identity that's why he wants to change yeah which i was really good yeah uh back in the hole we get, it puts the lotion on itself or it gets the hose again uh it puts the lotion in the basket. So Brooke Smith, who plays this role, there's like a little trap door at the bottom of the pit where she'd crawl through. Yeah. And then cover it up with mud and stuff so they could shoot the scene. Yeah. And then when it's over, she'd crawl back out. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, nice. <laughs> the door was half her size. Wow. And then as she puts the um, lotion in the thing and it comes back up, we see the light from the, the, the flashlight come back up. And it's uh, blood marks the all claw, over. Claw marks. Claw marks. And there's like a fingernail stuck in it or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, same that, fingernail as uh, we, we saw the, the body. The gold, yeah. Girl, yeah. Yeah. gold glitter. Yeah. Oh, that's but right. Of all, the, of all the things to creep her out, like she proper starts. I'd be freaking out long before like, Dude, you are in a pit. I'd be freaking out long before this. Yeah. I thought and she then, would have seen it 
previously, but yeah, I but think it was needed more for us. And then I think it's up. just the idea that it's been so dark. It's a face-up to reality, isn't it? That somebody else has tried to claw the way you're out. Not, you're not the first person to be no. in this pit, and therefore, if they didn't make it out, you probably don't want to. Exactly. Either. And she shrieks, but then he just starts shrieking right back at her. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say this. The guy who plays Buffalo Bill's like terrible character yeah. he does a great job with it he does perfectly yeah. unhinged from yeah. like yes. acting perspective i wish i had the guy's name i didn't write it down i know someone can look I, this up oh i think um, i know who it i was. have got it okay one sec it's it was like john devine or something yeah uh, that's it. ted ted levine ted levine, uh, ted levine. so this is where we find dr chilton's back and he reveals that they scammed uh, that clarice helped scam him there is no center parks prison island no. <laughs> uh but he's got a better deal he can get he can get her moved at least into like a federal facility where you can have the view so uh, so how come he didn't oh yeah because she didn't know she didn't know and he'd be able to read if she wait hang on no she does know that she comes up it comes up does, does she she knows yeah oh okay and so uh so they, maybe he doesn't know everything then maybe not uh, Lecter's in his cage, and he, but he's staring at a pen that's been left there by Dr. Chilton. I'm not being funny. If you're watching him, you're looking at him, you're saying, what are you looking at? You go to where there, his eyeline is. I think it's this idea that they think they've got so much power. I think the guards do it later, too. They're so convinced he's, he's so helpless, they get sloppy. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're so arrogant that what they've thought of, like, somehow they've out, the control they have will outthink him. Like, no, you got to have two people... It's just laziness. If people aren't lazy in this film, so much better. Yeah. None, none of this stuff happens. No. Now, I would like to have known how he got, how he got the pen. Because like, his arms are like covered, and he's just sort of staring at it. <laughs> so how does he get the pen? He's a magician. Yeah. Like, did he convince someone to put it in his pocket? If so, how? I, 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 that's a scene I wanted to know. Yeah. Maybe it's Maybe not a surprising. Wasn't. Someone to bite his tongue off. I think he probably could convince someone to give him a right, pen. Right, but I think I need. I guess the question yeah, is, yeah. what's more important? Is it the surprise when he spits out the piece of the pen, or is it the I logic where you go, or is it the <laughs> logic where you go? How do you get the pen? Yeah, and I need to know how I got the pen. Yeah, because I wasn't and, and surprised. And show me, show me him being a mastermind, convincing someone to do it for him. That's brilliant. I, I yeah. want to see that. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Ethan, go ahead. I think the the thinking here is that we see the pen and we see him looking at it, so we go, "Oh, he's got it." But that doesn't explain how he's gotten it. But we just go, "Oh, it's Hannibal. He'll get it somehow." But <laughs> I don't know. From a continuity perspective, it it's that one. We bit just kind of yada 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 over the most important part of the movie. I think <laughs> that, that's the only problem with it, right? Because without this, none of the rest of the movie happens. No, yeah. not from his perspective anyway. No. Um, and so. Then we find out it really it was a fake deal. It was Crawford of the fake deal. Um, and we go to Lecter in Tennessee, and he's in the full mask. And uh, welcome to Memphis. <laughs> and the doctor can't find his pen. And so they go ahead. Surprise, and They surprise. lend him one, but the audience is going, oh, wait, pen? We know. We saw him we looking saw, intently at We saw the pen. pen. Yeah. I guess there was no cut scene or else you wouldn't do that. Would you do this? I don't know if you'd do this. It's strange. It is strange. Uh, and then Lecter meets the senator and says it's Lewis Friend is the name of the person. But then he asks the senator about like her nipples and wonders, uh, you know, if you cut your foot off, you feel like you still can, you still feel your foot tickle. Where will it tickle when your daughter ends up on the slab? And to take him back to his, and then he gives her all the information she wants. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, I like your dress. I like your suit. <laughs> Come on oh, now, Ethan. suit. And then uh, when Lecter was moved from Baltimore, the plan was to dress him up in a yellow or orange jumpsuit. But Anthony Hopkins convinced Jonathan Demme and the costume designer, Colleen Atwood, that the character would seem more clinical and unsettling if you dressed him in pure white. Hopkins got the idea from his own fear of dentists. 
<laughs> but the idea of him in white, this pure color, yeah. and then plus any blood oh. is just going to stain it, right? It. So, um, And this is where Starling and Lecter meet in Tennessee. Um, they asked, do you know the rules? She goes, yeah, I've interviewed him before. <laughs> Go ahead. That felt really easy to get into that room. I did, yeah. didn't it? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Security. Second door in variety, yeah, one, yeah. one cross each. You know, it's, it felt really kind of basic. Yeah. Uh, he goes, and before he, he's just, he like smells her and goes, hello, Clarice. <laughs> and he goes, people might say we're in love, which isn't that an Oklahoma reference? Yeah, people will say <laughs> we're in love is a song, yeah. <laughs> um, and she goes, Lewis Friend. I know that's iron sulfide. That's an anagram. means fool's gold. And he says, I. Clarice, you need more joy in your life. <laughs> um, and so they go ahead and they go, well, why? And this is where he's really going, why does Buffalo Bill kill? Because he likes to kill. He's like, no. No. No, what does he covet? And she keeps getting it wrong. He's like, no. And then finally made across the idea that he's like, um, you know, sewing up a person suit. Yeah. Yep. And he asked to know, why would you leave the ranch? And as they tell the story, they're, they're shot between bars. Because now they're on opposite sides. If he wanted to, he could grab her at some point, yeah. depending on how close she got. But they get closer and closer and closer until the bars become blurry, mm. and then the bars disappear because they're in that tight as the intensity goes on. And they're both just, to their credit, staring right down the barrel of the camera. Yeah. So you couldn't do this scene at the same time. Nope. So well done. It's so um, intense. And we find out the story about how she went into the barn. She had to look. Because she's woken up by the screaming of what it felt like a child, and it was lambs, and they're being slaughtered. Mm. And so she grabs one. Uh, she tries to free them, and they won't run. They sit, stand there looking confused. So she grabs one and tries to run as fast as she can, but it was so heavy. And at this point, you can hear wind mm. in, like, the library or whatever it is they're on. I'm like, there's no wind. Like, it wouldn't actually be windy in here, but it was, it was a cool effect. And it's so tight at this point that it feels like there's no space between them. The shots are so, so tight. And um, they said, yeah, a sheriff's car picked me up a few miles down the road. I never saw the ranch again, and the lamb was killed. And he goes, do you think if you save Catherine, you won't wake up again for fear of that awful screaming of the lambs? I was like, I don't know. He goes, tell me the name, doctor. And then and he goes, oh, hello, Dr. Chilton. And Dr. Chilton's there, because he's been doing this press conference outside, being like, I did it. <laughs> I saved the day. Me, Dr. Chilton. Yeah. My own special. I'm a genius. <laughs> All right. Um, and so <laughs> as Clarice is being escorted away, he says, your case file and throws it to her. And she manages to like overpower the two guards letting her out. This place needs to up their security. Yeah. He doesn't throw it. He passes it. And as he gives it to her, their fingers touch. Oh, that's right. There is a finger sort of touchy thing. It's like a little finger caress. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a like a magnetic charge. <laughs> it felt a little bit charged for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it was supposed to then. Well, not this moment, but then the handshake between her and uh, oh, I can't remember his name at the end. Crawford. Crawford? Yeah. yeah, between him and Crawford is it's sort of similar, but in like a less. I think there's clear mirroring of these two relationships with two older men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. When she's actually telling him, when they, when they were shooting this scene, if you listen closely after when she says, I thought if I could just save one, but distant sound of something being dropped can be heard in the background because a crewman dropped a wrench during this filming. <laughs> Demi panicked, thinking it would ruin the scene, but Foster remained in character and continued the story. 
which ultimately convinced Demi to keep the footage. After Cut was yelled, Foster turned her head around to the crew and yelled, What the hell was that? I thought it was great. That is good. This would Lecter freeze himself. If we find out he ordered himself a second dinner, lamb chops, extra rare. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know he's is why were they yes. pandering to him to give him a second dinner? I guess there's something in the deal he's been given that suggests he gets what he wants. I don't know. Mm. This is why I thought that someone must have been in on it. Like they were in on it and then just. I don't know. Then he's got a piece of the pen in his hands, and they lock him up. And then the one guy's different one, help me with the door. And actually, if the one guy does what he's probably supposed to do, which is watch Lecter. Because mm-hmm. this is where it gets sloppy. If he just hadn't been like, help me out, on the first night you have him. Yeah. Again, got too complacent. Again, this is my theory. Too just, complacent. It's all just sort of like incompetency for cinematic sake. Like, this is just the pure, the purest of like movie fuck-ups. In well, it's not like he went... Ah, don't lock him up. He knows his. He knows who's in charge here. Like, that would have been really lazy. <laughs> that would have been. Yeah. You know, if you stand there, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, I know. Don't you want just that. Just eat a potato with a bomb, and then it's like that level of just so incompetent. Um, and so he um uncuffs, and instantly he starts unpicking the lock, and no one notices because the other guy's helping guy one. Yeah. And um, he then handcuffs the one guy to the cage or whatever takes the second guy and like bites his face off Ooh. and then smashes him on the cage uses his own cell as a weapon yep yeah mick foley would approve he, <laughs> he would yeah um and then uh chews on his face yeah. oh he's not already then batons the second one this is a great shot from That's above as he just majestic. back and forths with it low angle shot yeah. and just almost like not quite joy but just really yeah and it's in slow-mo and we yeah. have the strings of the the score in the background clever Ooh, so good and then as soon as that's done the sort of scary score sort of fades away and we go back to uh the use of the goldberg variations the little score in the background mm-hmm. and um we have this bit where they finally the other powers that be go upstairs to see what's going on they get to the fifth floor and Guard number two is being, it kind of looks like Jesus has been crucified. Now, how did he get how him up there? How did he get him up there? <laughs> uh, that required a lot of effort. That feels like it's more than one man job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so dramatic and so theatrical. It's got like the lights pinning down oh, yeah. as if it's like the beginning of like a stage play. There's at least one lighting technician needed for that. It's very, it's very Jesus on the cross, guess, yeah. wasn't it? And so they get Embry. Embry's laying there. And it's like, it's Embry. Well, what do you do? Tell him something good. He's like, oh, you're going to make it. You're this. You look you're great. You look great. <laughs> yeah, what a line. Oh. And they see blood dropping on Embry from the top of the elevator. And so they get the body of Embry out. And he's starting to like have like a shock. So they get him into the ambulance first thing. And they think, I think he's going to make it. You didn't see this coming, did you? I did. I've seen this before, and I, I totally forgot this. Oh, I, I forgot. I saw it when I first oh. saw it. They go, you know, Lecter, put your hands on your head, and they shoot him in the leg, because I think he's lying on top of the thing. As the they other. shoot him, no reaction. Like no. this, bo- I'm like, does he really have this much self-control? How does he get away? I forget. No, he's dead. Yeah, but <laughs> I never thought like that was him. Then, I thought it was a dummy or something, because the way that it looked on the screen, it looked like it was felt that came out. Then they, get every- cartilage. they get everybody out of the elevator, and this one guy's job is to like turn the key. That is not, not me. me. <laughs> I want to be the guy with a gun who's waiting, yeah, not yeah. the guy who has to like, because if anyone's dying, it's him. Yeah. I want to be the guy back in the office. Yeah. <laughs> he unlocks it, downfalls the body, 
missing a face. You're like, what? And then you go back to the heart to the ambulance. You don't see the face, though. You kind of kind of see it. You kind of see it. Yeah. But then you go back and you see the body in the ambulance start to move. And I'm like, wait, how is this possible? And then you see him take the face off. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. I I totally saw it. Oh, I totally by the time saw you it. took the face off, I knew that I didn't. That was what happened. Yeah. I knew. <laughs> the I, I, I knew they switched. I forgot film. how. Oh, okay. The final 35 minutes of this film, I've completely like forgotten from my memory. So it's like, oh, this is how he got out. Because for some reason, I thought he is, he was going to escape in the airport scene when he sees the mom. <laughs> we go back to Clarice. She believes in Lecter, and she's going through the case file, and she's wearing all white. Yeah. Just like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Uh, back to Buffalo Bill, who's sewing the human skin. Oh, that was gross. Uh. Back to the files. She figures out it's not random. There's probably something more likely. And she figures out who the first one killed was and went, that's the one. That's the one. The first one's the hardest. It's the thing he sees every day. And she goes to Belvedere, Ohio. We find out the first girl killed was going to a job interview in Chicago, which I looked up how long it takes. It's a seven-hour car trip to get there. Wow. If a job interview went well, this explains why he kills her. Because this girl who you've wanted to be whatever the case might be um she's potentially leaving for good yeah yeah so it's the, now or i lose her it's your last chance yeah. yeah so he grabs her uh we found out she was into dressmaking i suppose there's a hidden compartment and polaroids of her in her underwear i think that was him taking the photographs of her but she had to be aware of it oh yeah i think so they i guess were these cl- guys were, were close. friends of some sort yeah it I, feels I, weird he wouldn't have been fingered in the in the situation then yeah, I kind of say fingered. <laughs> I did yeah. to be fingered, to be to have the finger pointed at you is what it means. Oh, oh, <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, I did, uh, my brain did the same thing. Ethan, you guys are terrible. Uh, you too, honestly. <laughs> I was one hundred percent being awesome about this. I've, I've heard you say it in that context too many times before to have actually reacted. But my <laughs> oh, brain. Oh, still- you mean you mean you've heard me say it in the innocent. Version. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I was like, am I really just being accused of this? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is why we ask Ethan I, to come on for reasons like this. I Jeez. had the feeling that he he took those photos because she looked kind of shy and um not intimidated, but shy and reserved. About. Maybe maybe a little bit coerced into doing this. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. Especially co- if he's if that's what he wants. If that's the yeah. sort of which, which he does. He's, he's making the dress. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is what he wants. So then him trying to get her to take it because this is his infatuation is to be this and to be her specifically, it would look like. Yeah. And that's why he keeps taking girls of the same size. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, she's got a seamstress dummy. Um, Clarice phones Crawford with the MO, but he says, we found her. It's some guy named Jamie Goom or James Goom or James Grant. Gum, wasn't it? Gum. Gum. Gummy. 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 Yeah. They have like three or four different pronunciations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We go back to Buffalo Bill and Catherine's got a hold of, she's trying to lure Precious. Buffalo Bill seems the to be scraps of the bones. adorning himself with elements from other girls' jewelry. Because he's got like, it's like the zipper from a girl's, like one girl's jeans it looks like. It's like a necklace and then yeah. something else has become a nipple ring. Like her Ugh. earrings is nipple rings. So he's yeah. adorning himself with this stuff. What I love is that every single piece of clothing is like cut and pasted the same way that like the uh, moths are like dissected. I noticed that. Wow. Good eye. I didn't notice yeah. that either. Uh, so, and he's saying things in the mirror like, will you fuck me? <laughs> yeah. I'd fuck me so much. Oh. It's good to 
have a you know a positive sexual <laughs> feeling about yourself. Good, good on him for his confidence. So I'll, I'll give him. This is where they should have played I that song. I touch myself. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't need anybody yes. else when I got someone in the pit. I touch myself. <laughs> wow. It puts the, the lotion, lotion on itself. <laughs> I missed the call in there. Jeez. Uh, Ellie. Uh, I didn't even notice him saying that. Like, I was obviously. It was really distorted. It was hard. It was, it was, it was I'd hard asked the watch. first time because I'm taking notes about, wait, yeah. what? Um, he kind of looks like mid '80s Ozzy when Ozzy was doing like 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 the like oh, yellowy yeah. orange bleached hair. Yeah, yeah. I thought it looked a bit like he was wearing Joseph's Technicolor. It, and then he opens it up and he finally moves back far enough and he's tucked his penis between his legs. Yeah. So you just get the pubic hair and he's obviously trying to emulate a woman, emulate a woman's appearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go to Calumet City, Illinois, where they think they've got Buffalo Bill. And this is clever because they're cross-cutting between Buffalo Bill and the girl in the pit. Yeah. Along with the FBI outside of, finger quotes, his house. Because I generally thought when I first watched it that they were... I still thought it was. Wait, I've, I've, uh, I've obviously misremembered this. What happens? Yeah, I thought they I'm were like, going to... I'm like, does she rush to Calumet City in the end? I forget. What, what, what is this? I know, it's clever. My brain was then thinking, we're seeing it from two different time periods, so they would get there yeah. after, the, he, after he killed, and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those movies. So, I'm terrified. So Catherine's got Precious, and he's like, don't you dare hurt my dog. Don't you make me hurt your dog. He goes, put it in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> he needs a vet real bad, mister. And really, if you're hurt, like, you can't kill the dog, because no. then you're dead. Yeah. But you can't like act like you're not going to kill the dog because then you're dead. Yeah. So this is your one move. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about to take the door and they ring the bell and we hear the bell ringing with this giant alarm at Buffalo Bill's house. We're like, oh, and she goes up, he finally opens it. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm. And nope, it's, it's Clarice. It's Clarice. Mm. Great fake out. It was. Oh, Ellie, you saw it for the first time today. How was that twice. for you? Yeah. Um. It... I didn't know what was happening. So it did get me, but I kind of, I was kind of expecting it to get me, if that makes sense. Yep. So I didn't know exactly how they were doing it. And I was kind of going, what? So is she there or isn't, are they there? Like, is that his house? Is it not his house? I was a bit confused, but I knew that there was going to, I kind of knew there was going to be a fake out, but not exactly what it was. Um, In the third act, we find out that Mrs. Lippman had a son, um, Clarice asks Buffalo Bill for his card. He says, I can get it to you. He goes, are you close to catching someone, you think? She hasn't cottoned on yet. Nope. She goes, yeah, I think we're close. He goes, when did you buy this house? I this house two years ago in Clarice. And we see it from her perspective. The camera pans around like it's her eyes. And then we see a moth mm. and the penny drops. Before that, there's also a picture of a butterfly on the wall behind oh, her really? that she oh, can't yeah. see. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's just like a framed like painting yep. type thing. It's not particularly fancy, but yeah, she doesn't turn around and look at it because she doesn't check corners. Um, but <laughs> yes, that's you right. Can Very see good. It as a you can see it as an audience, as a spectator, but it's behind her, and then she sees them off. She startles and unbuttons her holster so she can get the gun. She waits a little bit too long. Says freeze. He runs. She just shot him in the leg. Um, why didn't he grab... Did he grab the gun as he goes through the kitchen? Yeah. They Does he grab gun. it? Yeah, okay. They showed yeah. you the gun. Yeah, yeah, they? yeah, they do, they do, yeah. Um, she goes in the basement, and then there's sensory overload. Yeah. Every time you go into a room, it's like a different part of this creepy funhouse. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have gone in. 
Yeah, and uh, Ka- but Catherine's the mission is to save Catherine, daughter of a, of a state senator. Yeah. Uh, Catherine, I'd be on she, that radio first. She finds Catherine. Catherine's like, "You're here, you're here." She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come back. So don't leave me. I'm gonna come back." For her. She goes, "You fucking bitch!" And I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> that was a bit much." Oh, you could be like, "Don't leave me, please, don't leave me. What, please, 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 don't leave me. What do you mean you're le-? and just scream, if, come back, if, come back?" If I was there, I'd have been doing that. I'd have been pleading. Oh, to- I would not have been dropping an f bomb and a no, b bomb. No, Jeez. See, I thought she was using that like purposely to try and then lure him into the room because she would have thought he would have thought that she'd left the room you're giving so Catherine way too much credit yeah way too much Catherine doesn't do anything except for act out of just the most oh no I instance. meant I thought I thought Clarice did that on purpose to get that reaction so that then he'd come in oh man I don't know I don't know and so uh, we get that um, as she walks around, the lights are turned out, and we now see through the eyes of Buffalo Bill, who's wearing night vision. And this is interesting because for the first time in the movie, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And we see through his eyes, and we see her acting afraid. Now, I will say this. He's got like 29 different opportunities to shoot. If, if he was going to shoot her, yeah. he had like 29 chances to shoot her. Yes, yeah, dude. Or even to grab the gun. Yeah. And what's all this about almost touching her face or touching her hair? And you'd have felt that. You'd have felt a presence of someone beside you. The smallest hearing something. Everything is heightened when you're in the dark, isn't it? (sighs) Sorry. But then you also think that everything is there when it's not, don't you? If you're in the apartment. Just when he gets that close, it just exaggerates how he could have killed her a thousand times yeah. over and if he wasn't yeah. going to then he wasn't going to but at one point no he very much is going to then yeah. it's like he decided it's now's the part of the movie us. bang bang <laughs> it's just to go to the audience and make us it is good. it yeah. is that, yeah. that, that three minute segment is yeah. horrifying great tension it's great That's tension right, but, but then it gets to a point where i'm going no you would have done it now yeah, you would have done it there you would have done it there you would have done it there yeah so the first bit when you see her and she's completely helpless great mm-hmm. and then it just overstays its welcome yeah that's all yeah yeah uh, she ends up shooting. They shoot back. Whatever the situation is, she ends up shooting a window out. So we get nice natural light for the finale. It would not bathe it in that much light, but okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, she kills him dead on the rug uh, with Bill Skins Five poster and the butterfly imagery on the wall. Thankfully, she, he falls and collapses on a rug, so we don't have to clean up the, uh, the floor <laughs> too much. How convenient. And then we get into the coda. And the question is: If you're Catherine, do you keep the dog? Oh, because she's, she's got the dog. Yeah. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, especially since she has a cat. Is the dog the thing? (laughs) She has what? That's not her house. Wait, was it not? No, it's Buffalo Bill's house. That's the, no, the the cat, the cat house is the the house of the first girl that he killed. Where she gets taken. I don't understand. You know when he's putting the, the, the settee in the back of the van? The yes. girl. There was, a, there was a cat in the window. Oh, yeah, she does have a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a cat in the window. Yeah. But no. I was invested in, in her coming I back think, because of the cat. Why does she live in somewhere like that? That was my question. If she's senator. a U.S. If, if mom's a state senator, what's she doing living in, like, that neighborhood? And her mom's really well Rubbish. put together. Yeah. Equal opportunity. Like if she, <laughs> like, 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 if you told me she was, like, a drug addict and therefore her mom had to cut her off, like, I get that. Yeah. And that explains that. I just didn't understand this. Um, and so, but I think if you have a dog, I mean, I may be going, if it's not for this dog, I'm dead. So maybe I appreciate the dog. I don't know. That's too many memories, isn't it? The person who no, I think I it would be a trigger. That would, yeah. Would well, so would everything, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't listen to Tom Petty again. Couldn't look at a sofa again. Couldn't, couldn't eat chicken. Couldn't see a bone again. You can't put on suntan lotion again, can you? <laughs> no. Jeez. It's going to burn. <laughs> 
fingernails, like everything. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so all the songs you heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Clarice becomes a full FBI agent and Jack Crawford's just leaning against the wall. And then as soon as she gets her, her diploma, he takes off. He leaves the room, and then he comes and sees her in the, when they're giving cake out. They're cutting up a cake that's nowhere big enough for the number of people mm-hmm. in that place. Like, people are getting, like, a, a, a twelfth of this cake, if you get a slice. And there's, like, 50 people in this room. And did anybody else totally forget about Hannibal Lecter? I think that was purpose. Because I completely there. forgot um, about him. Not completely, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's uh, a phone call, and then Crawford wants a moment, and you're like, "Okay, okay wait, we missed Crawford the phone call. What's what's he's, he's there? He wants a moment, and he kind of does the whole handshake at the yeah. end. And it's like we'll work again together. You really, you really held yourself well there. And there's that touch, and you're like, oh. And then the phone call is from Hannibal Lecter, and he asks, "Have Lamb stop screaming?" That's a great line. And he said, "Look, I have no plans to call on you." The world's more interesting place with you in it. I hope uh, you could serve me the same courtesy. Or I hope yeah. you think the same of me. Or something. She's like, I can't do that. And he goes, uh, I can't stay. Um, I'm having an old friend for dinner. And you're like, what? And then you see a couple of shots later, Dr. Chilton's getting off the plane. He is, yeah. And they walk down I the really street. I really enjoyed the little lines like this in here that were just little, they were kind of like dad jokes about cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you will. And uh, he walks away. And I looked it up. He's in the Bahamas. He's in the Bahamas. Oh, Clearly okay. not the United States. No, no, Clearly no. not the United no. States. No. And that's it. Just as a little side, one little quick side note here. Um, during scouting location for the house in which the serial killer, Jane Gum, was living, Ted Levine was amazed to discover the house being considered was not only in the town where he grew up, but was literally next door to the house of his high school girlfriend. Wow. Oh my God. That is weird. Small world. It is a small world. So that is that. So uh, I, it's a weird one. Yeah. I appreciate it as a piece of cinema. Same. I'm not sure. It's not, not to, not to show my hand too quickly. It's not a three billboards for me. I'm not walking no, away going, oh my word. No. It's just, it, it, it gripped me at every level. No, I didn't do that. Maybe because I knew it was supposed to be this great piece of cinema going in. Maybe. Maybe. It's still really, it's still really, it did really well for me, but I really liked it. I like going back. The acting performances, the direction, the cinematography. I sit there and go, it's all excellent. Yeah. And yet that missing piece that sort of gets in your heart and makes you go, Ooh. Yeah. I'm I didn't not have sure this had that for no, me. No, nor me. Okay. I think that's why I only watched it once. And like, to yeah. be fair, if we weren't doing the podcast, I wouldn't have watched it again. I wanted to sit back and go, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was the right time for it. 20th yeah. anniversary. It makes sense. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But I, I would never have used a pick on this or very, it would have been a long time before I used a pick on this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I'm curious to think what, what, what Ellie thinks because it yeah. was her first time watching it. Yeah. So um, I didn't find it scary at all. Um, the scariest thing was the moths, apart from, you know, in terms of the things that regular people would be scared by, I didn't, um, <laughs> I didn't find it very horrory or thrillery. Um, there was <laughs> the grossest bit, I think, was the bit. I don't think we mentioned it um, when she turns around and Mrs. Lippman's in the bath. Oh yeah, she's just like a human soup. Oh yeah, she is. is that what it was? Oh grim. my god, yeah. that is grim. Yeah. I don't Ian's remember this like, at all. What? 
that pans it's over like for a bit. It's like the chili corn carne had a face. Oh, oh, I, I, I thought that. I thought that was where someone had just defecated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, okay. I didn't think. I didn't think that was a body. Is, is, is this when Clarice is walking around the house? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was taking notes. And doing, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that explains. I mean, she's obviously been there for two years. Yeah. Um, there's a question. I mean, okay, but not to finish. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna add to that? Um, I th- yeah, I, I was just surprised by how not scary I found it. Considering last week I was a bit worked up about the idea. I told of you it wasn't. It. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but you didn't warn me about the fucking moths, did you? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're not as much of a trigger for me. <laughs> but they're a massive. I forgot for me. about the moth. There's anyway. a moth on the poster. One could say. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't know they were going to be that all many. Right, anyway, all right. um, and the yeah, um, but yeah, I thought again. I appreciate I appreciate the acting performances. Um, quite enjoyed it. Okay, Ethan, it's weird. I really like it, but I think it's just because I like Hannibal as a character. And even yeah. though there's not much Hannibal in this, because I love the uh, I can't remember his name, but like the TV show from a couple of years ago, it's fantastic. Cause it's like a prequel to this. Yeah, but. I think as a film, like, is a... Is that Mads Mikkelsen? Is that that guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mads Mikkelsen. The guy from, from Casino Royale. Yeah, the yeah. Chief. The the bad, the bad guy in Doctor Strange. Like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's in... Yeah. Uh, just add one more. He's in Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is good, but not as a Hannibal film. Just as, like, a hunter-killer type, type film. Um, mm. But it, there's that one, that one missing piece about how something happens that makes me go hey i've seen some better ones but it's uh, still really good as like a piece of cinema okay um here's the question i mean ellie kind of opened it up i was gonna put it a little bit later let's do it now what genre is this film yeah thriller? i don't think it's a horror it's, no no it's gotta be no. a thriller you know how people die on on screen none no that's not true the one. Oh, yeah. Two. The, the guards. The two. Guards. Yeah, they oh, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the guards. The body counts like eight, but only people on screen are the guards. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like zero jump scares. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's all about the slow buildup of tension. Horror is about quick bursts of, it is, of it fear. Is. Yeah. This is the opposite. Everything is slow in this. It builds yeah. tension in half the time. It's, it's, it's left feeling frustrated. So you're expecting it, but it doesn't happen. It almost you go, oh, come Ah, it's like a sneeze that gets interrupted halfway yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Like there are a few, few gruesome bits, like you know, some right? Oh yeah, very nice bodies. And but that does like, make you know, scalpels no. and stuff. But no, it's not because that's disturbing. The act of horror is to is to have, give you a lot at once. Yeah, a lot in an instant. Whereas this is more about such a slow re- burn and slow release. It's it's the equivalent of her running through that obstacle course. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the fear of not knowing. It's long and grueling. Yeah, it's long and yeah. grueling, but no part of it is in like in, is in like bursts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we're in agreement here, but it's kind of a thriller. A thriller. Yeah. yeah. A mild one. Psychological. Yeah. The thrills are in your head, or in, or in the buildup, or in the tension. I didn't. To yeah. be honest, I didn't. I just didn't find it particularly thrilling. Well, what was supposed to be like a thriller is not supposed to be necessarily something that pays off. No, it's, it's not. A, this isn't nonstop action thrill ride. That's not what this is. <laughs> no way, no. This is a psychological thriller where it plays with your brain and it keeps yeah. making you think you're going to jump and you don't, and you jump and you don't. Yeah, and all these things. And actually, it's all in the subtleties mm-hmm. and the nuance. 
you know, that whole sequence downstairs where she's in the third act where she's trying to catch Buffalo Bill. I mean, that's supposed to be every corner. And then when the night vision goggles come in. Yeah. When I think of a thriller, I think of something that leaves me on the edge of my seat. And I I was just quite comfortably also, reclined. I was super excited when they did the cross-cutting between Buffalo Bill going yeah. upstairs and the FBI coming around his house. Yeah. And then the reveal when you go, and it almost resets back to zero. But yeah. again, it ramps up really quickly with the, un- oh, it's so good. That was clever. Yeah, I didn't get that. Okay. I think for me, the film does this thing where it teeters on making you almost impatient and frustrated of just get this over with, yeah. please. I'm so sick of having to wait for something bad to happen because I know what's yeah. happening. I'm not like about- it, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's just it's cinematic anxiety. I'm going to go back to that it's metaphor. Really it's, it's, just, it's just a sneeze that you, you can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there and you're like, get out of my. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so because I'm not going to say this, is a, this isn't a drama. There's no way this is a drama. No, it's not. It's not film. Yep. Um, even like, how long? Think about the thing that's the longest payoff, which is probably the pen. Yeah, it's there and it does pay off, but it takes about thirty minutes to get there, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it takes a little while, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, or even the idea with, with, with the face, you know, that takes a good fifteen twenty minutes to pay off. Yeah, but I saw that. No, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe it's just where it's funny how people's minds go off in different directions. Yeah. You know. Sometimes you got to put yourself in the skin of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have some skin in the game. <laughs> um, so let's sort of talk about the money, shall we? Because after all, we're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. So um, money, uh, the budget, $19 million. Really? Wow. I've gone lower than that. Now it is like 1991. Yeah, I'd have still gone lower. Wait, the budget lower than 19? One nine. 19 million, Is it because yeah. of the elevator door? You thought the budget would have been lower than 19 million? Back then, yeah. Oh, no. 19 million? I was, I was stunned. I'm like, man, you got this on, on like a sweetheart deal. You've got Jodie Foster. You've got the rights to, to the book. You've got... And the character. Not the right oh, yeah, the, the character, character for free. Yeah, it was yeah. Unconscious. But <laughs> Anthony got, Hopkins isn't like bankable. He's not huge yet, money, he'd, but he's getting still something. Get like a decent amount, yeah. Um, I... I, I if I had to guess, I'd have said something between I'm guessing he spent, 12, 14. I'm guessing he spent some decent money creating the Buffalo Bill there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not many houses have just got a pit like that built in. No. <laughs> I fell into the pit. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it still surprised me at 19. Okay, so what's the worldwide gross? Um, 182 million. 182. Blink 182 million. <laughs> That's all the small things. Well, what's my age again? Uh, Ellie. 70 million. And Ethan. I'm going to go 200. Uh, Ethan's the closest. $273 million. If you add mine and Ethan's together, we're really close. Almost (laughs) almost 15 times the original budget. Wow. That's That's what we call good. A box office smash. (laughs) Box office smash. It was released on VHS in October 91 by Ryan Home Video and was the most rented video in the US upon release. So it wasn't even... I was going to say, I think it made most of its... I think it made most of its money back, like, after the fact. I just said it made $273 million at the box office. but I think it made more, like... I think it made more after. Really? I think it becomes more well-known after it releases. It's definitely the kind of film I would rent rather than go to see at the cinema okay um i mean obviously it shows that it had life afterwards um obviously when it gets all the oscar buzz i think people probably go see it again or bring it home or they hear it's really good things like that uh it wins for the oscars it wins the big five 
Does it? Oh, it wins. All of them. It wins best actor, best actress, best picture, best director, and best adapted screenplay. Wow! It's one of only three films in the history of cinema to do this. I was going to say. Wow. Well, the other two, and it is the most recent one to do it as well. Wait, did Hopkins get best actor for that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who else would? <laughs> I, I see him more supporting because he's not really in it that much. I've got a great question about that. Well done. Yeah. Um, so the first one is it happened one night, which is like from the 30s, I think. Okay. And then one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. I, was gonna mention I one. did not know who won. Uh, who's the actress in that? Um, uh, oh, um, oh, I knew her name. I'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can see her. Um, I found some debatable different numbers here about how much screen time uh, Anthony Hopkins has in this film. IMDb lists one number, but everybody else seems to list a different number. So I'm probably going to go with the other one. How much screen time do you think Anthony Hopkins has in this film? The film is 120 minutes long. I'm going to say 18 minutes. 18 minutes? Ellie? Mm, I think it's more than that. Um, 35. And Ethan? I'm staring away because I know this number. Okay, 16. I heard 40. IMDb says 24 minutes and 52 seconds, but everything else I found says 16 minutes. Oh, okay. I bet they're including like just the scenes he's in because like 60 makes more sense. No, no, it's 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 actual like yeah, it's time with you on the screen. That's what screen time means. Yeah, I know, but like it it feels like one of those 16, uh, 24 doesn't seem right at all no 24 seems high he's he's yeah. not on yeah, yeah. like i think like you, i said i said to you before i think you, you count forget. i think you count the time when like even he's doing the shot the two scenes with jody he does four scenes total with jody foster yeah when the if, if the camera's on her i think you still count him because he's in the scene on the screen do you know what i mean i don't think it's just pure or maybe it is purely well, just the time just, you're yeah, on there that's, your that's what i meant for like that's why i think that's how i think they class that to get to 24 yeah. actually maybe that's a good pass yep ellie it's more his atmosphere would you like to know the actress for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yes, please. That was Nurse Hatchet, wasn't it? But Ratchet. What was Ratchet, yeah. Uh, it's Louise Fletcher. Yes. Never heard of her. Oh, she was so good. Okay, so um, also uh, Jodie Foster won the Golden Globe, and at the BAFTA, both Hopkins and Foster won for theirs. But really, like that's what they got for. This. So like, it didn't win Best Picture at the Golden Globes, it won Best Picture at the BAFTAs, but then it shows up at the Oscars and runs the table. Wow. So really quite remarkable. Um, the American Film Institute has listed Hannibal Lecter as the number one villain of all time. Um, this film received full cooperation from the FBI because they thought it would be a good re- recruiting tool for getting women into the FBI. Did it? Was it? <laughs> I don't have anything that actually confirms or denies that. They just said that they, they, they were up for it. Oh, okay. Um, criticism from the LGBT community. Oh, go on. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. It was criticized by members of the LGBT community for its portrayal of Buffalo Bill as bisexual and transgender. Although his orientation is not explicitly stated, and Lecter expresses, expressly states that Bill is not really transsexual, Demi responded that Buffalo Bill wasn't a gay character. He was a tormented man who hated himself and wished he was a woman because that would have made him as far away from himself as he possibly could be. Demi said that he came to realize that there was a tremendous absence of positive gay characters in movies. Much of the criticism was made towards Foster, who critics alleged was a lesbian. Yeah. In a 92 interview with Playboy magazine, the feminist and women's rights advocate Betty Friedgen said, I was absolutely out. Uh, I, was abs- I thought it was absolutely outrageous that Silence of the Lambs won four, incorrect, five, five. Oscars. <laughs> I'm not saying the movie shouldn't have been shown. I'm not denying it was a test of triumph, but it was about the evisceration, the skinning alive of women. That's what I find offensive. Um, 
It's a concept. And I think you have to have a concept where yeah. a story can be told. Uh, I think that's the whole point. He's the Otherwise villain. You can be offended by anything. Well, he, he's the, the common yeah. trope in films. Yeah. No and, one's supposed to be watching it and going, oh, skinning women. Cool. Yeah. I mean, no. I think, I think Ethan's sort of touching on it, which is the idea. But then the question is, can you hold one film accountable for all the other films that have come before it after it surrounding it? I'm like, no, I don't think so. No. Um, now, there's, there's, an, you know, what Jonathan Debbie says about positive gay characters. I think I hear what he's saying on that. But again, I would like to hopefully, I'd like to believe we exist in a world where anybody can be a villain, anybody can be a yeah. hero, you know, and not ju- be afraid. Because I don't think, no, they explicitly said it's not because he's transsexual. In yeah. fact, they say he's not transsexual. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, because yeah. of this other thing that he's yeah. clearly damaged and abused and is a, is a victim in many ways himself. We never find out what that, what, what that, what that issue is but there is something that causes this to occur and so about the evisceration of women i mean it 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 can be a lazy trope i don't think it's as much a lazy trope in 1991 although that 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 quote i just read would, would suggest there was some back push to it um i think we have to have room in art for all stories to be told including this one yeah this 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 film works in the sense of he wanted to change everything about himself and the everything most, and, the, and, 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 the, and the way that he saw himself able to do that was by changing his gender through the creation of a woman's suit yeah okay um yeah which is completely gross but it is completely gross <laughs> and he's supposed to be the villain he's supposed to be sick yeah. and disturbed and the film makes sure it tells us it's sick and disturbed yep. Um, that's where I sit on it. I mean, I can understand yeah. someone who goes, I'm tired of seeing this. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But Jonathan Demi gets this. This is the one time he's done this or someone says the one time they've yeah. done this. Are you responsible for correcting everything that's come before, during and after yeah. when, when, when viewed in a vacuum, which is what we do on this podcast. We here do, is yeah. this one film. Yeah. I, it's going to sound strange enough. A problem with it. I don't mean the skinning of women. Obviously I have a problem with that, but I don't have a problem <laughs> with writing a story where this can be used as a character behavior. Yeah. As long as it's rightfully and properly demonized, as it is. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Ethan, I think you wanted to say something. I think it's done in like a, I can't believe I'm saying this, like in a tasteful way. There are some that could obviously. <laughs> tasteful. No, I, I know what he's oh, saying. Look at that. I know what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's done in a way that's like respectful of the actual issue, I feel. And they, they take time to clarify it's not because of uh, him being transsexual. And that isn't the actual issue. Um, I think there could be a question of it's like denying someone's right to be that, but at the same time, they also explain that away in a pretty respectful way. I think it's just there is a there's a little bit of gray between that area that people could have their own interpretation or belief there that then could get skewed. I guess one of the things where if you want to come into this looking for something, there's something for you, for, yeah, for, if you, go for you to find. For it, oh, you yeah. can do that. You can do yeah. that in every film. And that, think, that, that's, that's a counterpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I, I think in like the grand scheme of things, it's done well. Like when I first heard it, when I watched the film, I went, "Oh, this might be kind of yikes for me." But then it went, "Oh no, this is immediately rectified and yep. explained." And I think that's the point. You have the rectification immediately, so that's not the stigma. And mm. here we go. Then, uh, whose story is it? Clarice's. Oh, it's Clarice's, isn't it? For yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, here's the next kind of awkward one. Then, role of women in the film. For her, I think it's very, very strong because she comes in being this underdog and shows the 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 force, the FBI, us as an audience that she is strong and capable woman to carry on doing what she's doing. She's the only person that can stand up to Hannibal Lecter and be on an even, even-ish keel. Yeah. 
no one else can. She's on an even keel. <laughs> well, yeah, no one's going to be on an even keel with with Hannah yeah. Lecter, but she's the only one who comes up on par. She's the only one. He, he's the only one. The to, only one who fools him. Yeah, and he's he. She's the only one he respects. Yeah, but he respects she's nobody the only else. One to talk to. Well, so, I, we, we've heard that there's been a parade of people who've been coming through trying yeah, to get yeah, through yeah. to him, and yet somehow it's her. Yeah. Uh, maybe because she's the only one who's actually ever been honest with him, and yeah. with why she's so infatuated. Tell me something about yourself, and I'll know if you're lying. Yeah. Interesting. It is. Um, the idea that we have a parade of women who are being used as victims, not great, no. but if you look at, at, at Clarice Starling as a feminist icon... I think this film tells you over and over again. She's overlooked. She's sexualized. Mm-hmm. She's not 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 even completely ignore Jack Crawford, but just what happens in the prison. If you think about what happens when every, all the guys seem to run by her when she's working out, they're checking her out. Yep. All these things. She's constantly being shown in ways that people are underestimating her. Whether it's because of her um, her lack of physical stature, her lack of experience, or their sexual attraction to her, mm-hmm. and yet she constantly punches above her weight and challenges people respectfully and makes them holds them accountable yeah and isn't afraid doesn't play the political game for the most part and shuts people down exposes them all that sort of stuff and she doesn't try and and is right and wins the day at the end of the day and she doesn't try and backtrack when she's caught out she'll she'll stand the ground and give yes this is right this is the truth yeah because he asks her he said whose idea was it for you know um um, center parks was that yours and she went that was me (laughs) <laughs> and so you know props props to that yeah, so yeah, i think yeah. i think in my perspective i'm leaning really heavily on the character on the of character. clarice yeah, but yeah. she is the lead character she and is, the one yeah. who we're aligned to mm-hmm. i think it's all right yeah i think it's also in her name like it might just be a me not hearing it correctly but for the first 20 minutes i heard starling is darling and i know darling is always used almost like is in a sort of uh, talk down term sometimes from like oh, oh how you doing darling you good, I, I good think job darling I think and you're stretching I don't it might just be me I think you're in, like, you're interpreting be- a mishearing yeah. as like a conscious decision on their part I didn't hear darling at all no anybody no no <laughs> Ellie what, what, what are your thoughts now that the men have all talked about the role of women which <laughs> <It> just <laughs> feels terrible what, what are your thoughts on this um I agree with what Liam said I think it's a really strong role and her you know she exceeds expectations of everybody around her she she shows that she's just as capable well more more capable than all of the men that have gone before her and i think it's a really strong role um the other women uh, i mean you've got the female senator i suppose that's that's another good thing in her in her yeah. power suit yeah. um and then i mean the others are more incidental aren't they and mm-hmm. you say about the string of victims all being females but that's that tends to be the that's way his mo too doesn't it yeah yeah that's his mo he's chosen one type yeah this is the reason for it. we didn't talk about the roommate or oh, the no. friend yeah and didn't. she's oh, there yeah. helping her solve the case and when, when when clarice gets her fbi badge she's there clapping yeah and they're they're rooting each other on and championing each other and i thought that was quite nice too it was yeah, yeah. I she was a bit underdeveloped because she's in what, oh very in, much like, so two, two three scenes at best so when yeah. she shows up oh yeah she's here I'd already forgotten she had a roommate, to be honest. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But I do like the fact that it was about, you know, she's cheering on her yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We see her, who's legitimately happy, yeah. before we see Crawford, who I've got feelings about. I know yeah, I'm not the same as yours, yeah. but there we go. Uh, here we go. Best character. You can switch this to best performance if you so choose, but best something to do with acting. Liam. For me, is Anthony Hopkins. Um, 
because he really do when you see him he the silence he it's, it's not the talking yeah it's, it's the silence and the po- the composure the non-blinking the, the what sorry of the lambs yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's everything and then when he does talk he talks with a purpose and a directness and that's kind of scary so yeah, I, I, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, even uh, though he's on screen for sixteen minutes, yeah. <laughs> either sixteen or twenty-four. I don't know. Either way, yeah. Ellie, um, my favorite character is Clarice, but my favorite acting performance is Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Okay, uh, Ethan. I love Clarice, but I want to give performance to Ted Levine because. That man is terrifying. So, I checked this IMDb. I've seen him in nothing yeah. else. He's this good in. Book. There are some people who feel he got robbed of Best Supporting Actor for this. He is good. He is good. Because he's, he he makes more feel... screen time than Hopkins. I think Hopkins should get supporting. Oh. You were going to well, bring it, this up earlier, it, weren't you? It's, it's, it's up to the film. Yeah. It's up to the, it's up to the studio. And the, you can sell more tickets by saying you won Best Actor than by winning Best Supporting Actor. And it's about who mm. they're going up against as well. Say what you will. Maybe this segues into my... Is there anything else you want to say, Ethan? Uh, no, I, I, I just think he does a fantastic job. I'm going to do the opposite of Ellie, where she said her favorite character was Clarice. My favorite character is is, is Hannibal Lecter, because it's the Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah. Say whatever you will. Hannibal Lecter is the most interesting character in it, and yeah. it ends with him. It doesn't yeah. end with her. It ends with him walking away. Yeah. As a result, I'm okay with calling him a lead actor, because I can't think of a single male character who supersedes him. No, I don't think Buffalo Bill is because we don't get introduced to Buffalo Bill until fairly late in the film. He doesn't in the grand the, scheme. He of doesn't things. have the same presence either. No, no. If you want to tell me, if we at the end of a year get to the best of worst ofs and someone says Anthony Hopkins is a choice for best supporting actor, I, I won't disagree with no, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Academy gave him best actor. I mean, fair, fair. We had this. It's kind of the opposite of the discussion we had for Chicago when we said Catherine Zeta Jones is she yeah. really a supporting actress? Yeah, yeah. Or is Heath Ledger really a supporting actor in The Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah. Kind of the opposite. But my favorite character is Hannibal Lecter. My favorite performance is Jodie Foster. Oh, I okay. think she's great in this, and I think it's easy for Lecter because Lecter is highs and lows. Yeah, yeah. He gets to be the stoic. He gets to play almost two roles. He gets to play stoic Lecter and then crazy Lecter. Mm-hmm. He, it, it really is like a kid in the candy store. I think there's a lot more nuance to what Jodie Foster has to do yeah. throughout. And uh, I think it's really, really, really well done. And she carries, I mean, the film's, I don't even know what her screen time would be. It'd be through the roof yeah, she's, on this yeah. one. She's we are involved in all the stories. We are, very few scenes happen where she's not in them. Mm-hmm. Very few scenes. Yeah. So uh, props to her for this. And to go almost not two in a row, but to do two Oscars between 88 and 91. It's not bad. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Tom Hanks says, hold my beer. I did them back to back, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> such is. Um, it's a shame she doesn't act more. That's just my opinion. I think she's really good. I like doing that Hotel Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. You sure you saw it now, do you? You sure that's what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Okay. It is. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, best moment, best element. Uh, my favorite moment is the first moment she walks in and sees him. Oh, that that that, that reveal. Yeah. Okay. Because it sets it, the red light. You think you're going to see this evil, pure, devilish person? They've built him up to look nothing in your head. You're not imagining yeah. this. <laughs> no. You might have seen the, the, the image of him in the mask, but that's not who you see this yeah. time. Yeah. And you've got all the screaming of the other prisoners. And and you so you're him. thinking he must be worse than all of yeah. that. Yeah. Well, obviously he is, but I mean, you get there and he's- Like this, visually though. Yeah, yeah, but visually he's very quiet, very subdued. He just looks like yep. a guy. He does. Yeah. 
Christmas, sweet old grandpa. And that's a that's a great shot. Yeah. I, I just that's my favorite. Um, Ellie. Um, very similar for me. It's also the first encounter, but it's more to do with like the point from the reveal onwards into the conversation rather than the build up to it. Okay. Cool. Ethan. I really like the autopsy scene because I think from a character's perspective for Clarice, she just like, she is probably the strongest there because she has that reservation for a second, but immediately bites through it and (laughs) bites through it and, uh, (laughs) and just continue and continues on with like getting to the root of all the, 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 the death. I'm going to cheat a bit and I'm going to say my favorite element is the chemistry between Hopkins and Foster because nice they are at their i'll say this though they're both at their best when they're opposite each other yes yeah. the best scenes are the four scenes that of they're course. in together well you think when you think of silence lambs you think anthony hopkins and when you just said 16 or 24 minutes yep i mean that's incredible it's incredible it? yeah and so you know i mean the hopkins a bit where he kills the girl it's cool but it's not great acting and the no, best acting is no, when he's no, opposite no. her and she's opposite him yeah. and they're playing this mental game at chess but also they're being honest and real with each other yeah. uh benefited by a million things the cinematography in those scenes are outstanding brilliant the score in those scenes are outstanding mm-hmm. the direction is fantastic so you really can't argue with with it but those four and it's only four scenes yeah those four scenes are so good so good so, I just realized where that 24 minutes comes in from. I bet they're including the credits. Because he's walking down the street. Oh, uh, you might be credits. right. Did yeah. you notice that when the score ends in the credits, if you watch the whole thing, for a minute the score ends, and you just get birds chirping as he finishes walking into the distance? <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> it was good. It's like this happy... It's like Judd Fry dies. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the birds start chirping. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Grumbles. Grumbles. Liam. The uh, pen. How does he get the pen? Yeah. Genuinely, how does he get it? Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) How does he get that pen? Um, Well, my kind of have two. The first one's obviously the moths. Um, The second one, my actual kind of normal person problem with the film, um, is that there's there's never any payoff for all of the warnings that she's given. So all of this, don't get too close to the glass, don't accept anything he gives you, don't give him any personal information, all of that. I'm expecting that to come to something later on where she she ignores that <sighs> advice and something bad happens and it never does. And that's, that's what would have made it more of a thriller that the audience sees her go up to the glass and then something bad happens and you kind of, you're waiting for it to happen and it builds that tension and it just didn't, it but wasn't that, there. But do you think that that's not, that's, yeah, because you've been led to believe that's what's going to happen. That's why she's different. And, I'm, and if I may piggyback off that, is it possible the payoff is with the other characters we see get hurt? Yeah. The prison Nothing guards. Happened. What if, nothing happens. The prison guards get too close. He makes them pay. Yeah. That nurse they talk about who had her face bitten off yeah. that she shows the The doctor is going to go kill at the end. Yeah. So he does, but I think the, the most, the best example of this are those two prison guards who bring him his meal. Yeah. There's a nothing to him. In fact, the one guy says to him, if, you, if you're a gentleman with us, you get the same in response. Yeah. He's quite, yeah. he's quite polite. Yeah. So then we see the payoff, just not with her. For some reason, we do want to see it him scare her because i think it puts us in her shoes because i think much like her we're expecting him to go off yeah. all the time and when he doesn't we can't figure it out and that's what's so intriguing yeah but does i understand children that never give him any personal information that leads him to him at the end does what 
Does Chilton ever give him any personal information that leads him to him at the end? No, I, I did come, go down this rabbit hole of how does he know where Chilton yeah. is going to be. Because that, that would be nice. if You know when Chilton's talking to him and he's in the mask and yeah. he's, when, when he's looking at the pen? If Chilton was just spouting off about how he's, I don't know, what was he on holiday or... I, guess, but, you know, I, th- I think he found out that the, the Hopkins, the, the lectors escaped and he's just trying to flee the country. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I really do. I think but, he's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> But, you know, if it was some kind of thing like he were bragging about how he were going somewhere or the things he could do with his own freedoms because he's not a cannibal, that kind of, you know, just if he got a bit overconfident yep. and that was what caused him to see his comeuppance at the end, that would have been more of a payoff. But just didn't feel like you maybe, got it. Maybe if the rest of the pen had like a Bahamas address on yeah. it. <laughs> it's very diehard with a vengeance with the aspirin bottle, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan it's it's weird i don't hate most i I don't much grumble with most most of this film but it's the overplayedness of that final couple minutes before buffalo bill shot where he's sort of just it's like he's got a little camera and he's just waving his hand in front of the camera for the audience like oh i'm gonna touch her i'm gonna touch her oh not yet not yet (laughs) for a bit too long (laughs) it has all of the tensions kind of gone at that point yeah, you got a point. Yeah, yeah. You got a point. Yeah. Uh, my grumble yeah. is when um, Buffalo Bill decides he's going to direct the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> I was there going, no one's going to think of this, not Ethan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever Ethan comes on, he usually steals all my ideas right before I say them. Uh, no, that, that is my that's my main issue. I'm like, okay, it's like you built up attention, but then when he kind of goes all like, ooh. Ooh, I'm like, okay, now you're kind of, it's doing the opposite. It's not building yeah. tension. I'm actually turning on this, on the scene ever so slightly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, oh, this is stupid. And, and so I, I turn on ever so slightly there where I'm going, don't insult me into thinking he is an FBI agent that he wouldn't hit her over the head with a piece of wood and then throw her down in the pit. Cause that's exactly what he'd do. Mm-hmm. She might not be the right size, but he's not going to do this. He's, he still was the dog he's supposed to care about. He's still supposed to be in mortal danger. This felt, this felt outside of the range of where I felt his priorities would be. And so that's my issue with it. Yeah. So that is that. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And as always, big thanks to Moonlight Social for letting us yeah, use that for our you. age game ditty. Um, Ellie, it's, it's that time. Okay. So we will start with Clarice Starling, Jodie Foster. <sighs> 36. You're way high. Am I? Yeah, I think so. Ethan. I'm, I'm going a whole 10 years younger. I think she's 26. I'll go 28. She's 29. Ooh, hey! Well done. Yeah, she was really good, really young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was young in Texas. I mean, really young. Yep. I guess why she can play like like someone just fresh out of the academy. Yeah. I guess she's like 36 or something like that. It might be a little bit like, supposed to be 22. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, next up. Um, Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins. 43. 48. Oh, wait, wait, one second, one second, I'll do it again. For some reason, Alexa went off. 48. Well, they say he's like 50, so I'm going to go like 52. 54. Wow. Wow. Mm. I think I'd be starting to, if I felt like I hadn't broken yet, I'd be going, yeah, okay, it's yeah. a stage or, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, how old was Alan Rickman when he properly got but his Alan Rickman his came out of, hard. Alan Rickman came out of nowhere. Alan Rickman only quit, he quit his regular job in his 40s to pursue acting. Yeah. Hopkins oh. had been trying for years. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Buffalo Bill, Ted Levine. Oh, this is hard. 34. 39. 36. 
he is 34. Hey. <laughs> I think we've each got one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, well, who else do you want? I've I've got Chilton, Crawford, and Catherine. Crawford. If you want them all, Crawford. Let's do Crawford. Okay. Uh, Forty-six. Forty-nine. Fifty. Fifty-two. Oh. Older than all of you, yeah. A bit older than all of you said. I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there anybody else that really matters? I don't think so. No. Nah, that's great. Thank you very much. Age game, Thank age game. Yeah. I think I won the age game. You did. That does not happen often. <laughs> so, uh, anybody's best role ever? Hopkins. I can't think of anything he's this noteworthy in. No. Um, pop, pop. Has anyone seen the two popes? No. No. I haven't seen it. But. I, might, I might argue uh, the elephant man. I haven't seen it, but I'll say, oh. I'll, I'll say Hopkins. I'll say... Foster, I think Elef- Foster, I think yes. Elephant Man is more John Hurt than, than Hopkins. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, who yeah, he's known for. It's just what's the, the performance. Role, role, he's very yeah. good in, for, for all of its faults. He's very good in Legends of the Fall. For all his faults, he's yeah, very good yeah. in Meet Joe Black. Yeah, uh, he's very good in a film called Fracture, where he goes, oh, he goes toe to toe with Ryan Gosling, and it's like hold my acting beer for like two hours. The two of them just trying out. Oh, it's so oh. from an oh, acting perspective, my list, really good. From a, from like a story or plot perspective, the story's not great. It's just two guys just nailing the acting side of it. Okay, the script's not good enough, nor is the story. Yeah, but the two of them going opposite each other, fantastic. Cool. Uh, but I will say I think it's the best for both leads. I don't tell Levine anything else, so it feels silly to say it is. But I don't know him from anything else. I'll say from this: what I've seen it, he's just been in like a lot of sort of B movie type, yeah. like a lot of schlock. I'll say this: it's 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 a it's it's a film with guys who I haven't really seen in much. There's not many actors of note. The only guy I thought I recognized was one of the guards. Yeah, the, is, is it the one who gets handcuffed and gets killed with a baton? Uh, no. Is it the one who says, if you treat us nice, we'll treat you nice? No, 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 Oh, no, that's the one I no, did realize. Okay. No, bad. it's early on when they first all go in. Oh, okay. It's, it's his voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he, it's, he's not so much a guard as he is. Like a, He's a guard in the psychiatric. He's yeah, a security yeah, guard, not yeah, a prison yeah. guard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I'm right. sure he was in uh, Banshee. Don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So if anybody's out there who knows, let us know. <laughs> okay. So speaking of people who know things, Ethan, you are kind of representing Georgia in our critics' corner this week. What do you uh-huh. got? Yes, I am. So... I've got a few. I've got Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian who says Anthony Hopkins' performance as Lecter is an uproar, yeah, uproarious technical masterpiece and gives it five out of five. You have Gene Siskel from the uh, Chicago Tribune. <laughs> I had this ready to go in case no one brought it up. Foster's character, who is appealing, is dwarfed by the monsters she's after. I'd rather see her work on another case. And I don't think I have the score, but I think it was oh, like he gave two, it two, out two out of four stars. Wow. They rank out of four, but yeah, wow. it's two, two out of four stars. And then Roger Ebert. Ebs. Ebs. He said, the popularity of Jonathan Demme's movie is likely to last as long as there is a market for being scared and gives it four out of four stars. Ah. So on this note, you need to know something. Siskel and Ebert were partners in a syndicated show where they would each give their viewpoints on films. 
Oh, I remember this Almost one. like a podcast, you could say, but it was like televised form. They oh, would okay. watch, basically, you'd sort of watch a mini video essay on it, and then they would go away from it and talk about how they felt about it. And so like, these are two people who do the same job in the same city for two different newspapers. Yeah. So although the movie got rave reviews when it came out, Chicago Tribune critic Gene Siskel was notoriously hostile to horror movies. Slam this movie only gave it two stars. I won't do the quote. Uh, I will say the conclusion of this film is nothing more than a grisly version of every mad slasher picture you've ever missed. Jody's in trouble. Shoot, Jody, shoot. The movie, of course, went on to become a phenomenon, a huge box office hit, and is the only horror movie to ever win the Academy Award for Best Picture. It is now considered one of the best horror movies ever made and still has a huge cult following and fan base. Roger Ebert, Siskel's fellow film critic and sparring partner on At The Movies, which was the name of their show, uh-huh. loved the flick, and we continue to ridicule Siskel for missing the boat on this for many years afterwards. <laughs> That's funny. Didn't they also butt heads on, like, Indiana Jones 2 or something? I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen, yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, which one was it that Ebert got terribly wrong and he changed it after the fact and said, I just didn't get it at the time. Was it seven? Yeah, it could have been. I think it was seven. I th- it could have been. It yeah. was seven or it was Fight Club. It was one of those, one of those one, more, one more of visceral ones. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it was seven. So uh, let's talk about our critics. Everyone's a critic. Alex from Main Street Finance says, Excellent performances all around. While only getting around 20 minutes of screen time, Hopkins plays a character so influential that this will be the role he's remembered for. A role he's remembered for. Oscars are well-deserved here. Russell from... Oh, this is our postie. Hey, 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 hey Mr. Postman. Russ, says, Russell from the Post. Russell from the Post. Uh, first class script direction and performances. Got to give a special mention to Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill. Although mm-hmm. not having much screen time, Hopkins gives the most memorable performance of his career. He does. Film Flogger says, this is the old, ye old debate. Is it a thriller or horror or both? I say thriller. Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, your next favorite movie pod says my favorite film of all time a great performance from hopkins and even better one from foster in my opinion and i think that's kind of where i went with with, with my interpretation of it <laughs> dan michelle says a film doesn't win best film best director best actor and best actress for nothing fantastic thriller and he also asked is this the first time that a film has ever won best actor and best actress to which point carlo came forward with uh Silence being notable for winning all five, but only uh, he listed six films that have won with Best Actor and Best Actress, and those were the only six films. I instantly retorted with a seventh that I had ready to go because I remembered it very well and okay. provided the screen cap, which is as good as it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. both Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson win Oscars for it. Which I haven't seen. As a lead role. It's, I made sure I was yeah, misremembering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At which point he then tweeted me back with, there's a mistake I think I made. So <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Carlo. There's a mistake. There we are. You're in the fold now. You are. <laughs> um, 100 films. Sorry, 100 things we learned from film podcasts said Manhunter was a critical and financial disaster. That, of course, was the first Hannibal Lecter yeah. film. This was the hottest film of the year by a mile. They say a great way to get an Oscar is to play a character already played by Dundonian character actor Brian Cox. Hopkins won for Lecter, and then Oldman won for Churchill. The more you know, eh? <laughs> yeah, actually, he says the more you can, eh? But I think he meant no. Uh. And then the Holmes Movie Podcast, an absolute classic, a film that's been fantastic. Sorry, a film that has a fantastic screenplay and brilliant performances, a well-crafted and amazingly directed thriller. We also enjoyed talking about this film on an episode of our podcast. So there you go. If you want a little bit more silence, or not silence audibly as it might be, (laughs) go check out their podcast. And then finally, friend of the podcast... Carlo, when he's not making mistakes, he says... (laughs) Early on, my top 20, maybe top 10 film of all time. 
Uh, neatly directed, perfectly acted, and thrilling all the way. All praise deserving to Hopkins, but recently I paid more attention to Foster, and she's phenomenal. Didn't make a mistake this time, Carlo. No. <laughs> the way she showcases Clarice's skills and vulnerabilities is just perfect. Throw Scott Glenn, Ted Levine, and Anthony Held in a mix, and you get a master class in acting. Finally, Electra's Escape and the Final Encounter are standouts in editing and directing. I can talk about this film all day. It's a masterpiece all around. Mm. Have so, any of you guys ever seen the other two Hannibal films that they no. do after this? No. No. Don't. I Hannibal think is, that's, that's why Hannib- I kind of yeah, saw it. Hannibal is air and Red Dragon is just weird. That's just, I mean, it's, it's, it was one of the first ones to kind of go, let's milk the sequels for all they're worth. I think once I saw a clip of Ray Liotta getting his head eating by himself, being served up by Hannibal Lecter. I, is that really a thing? Well, he's sitting at a table and Lecter's got his head open and feeding him his own brain. That's gross. That was just like enough for me. Yeah. I'm not going to watch that film. Not me either. Me either. So... Uh, it's time for ratings, though. It is that time, so I'm going to go ahead and try and punch these in as we go along. So, Liam, the first one is to you. What are you giving Silence of the Lambs? Okay, I'm not a big fan of this movie, um, only because uh, that's not my kind of genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going by the direction, the acting, and cinematography, and the soundtrack, I'm going to give it a strong... Eight eaten body parts. Oh my word! <laughs> thank you Sorry, for not. I try not to laugh. Thank you for not specifying which one. Jeez. All right. Eight bloody body parts. It is. It's become a thing now, hasn't it? It has. It has. Uh, Ellie. Um, I'm not going to categorise it in any such way. <laughs> I'm going to give it an, a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, uh, Ethan. I'm going to give it seven and a half missing pens out of ten. Seven and a half missing <laughs> pens. Very good. So, uh, I think it's, it's everything I said before. I look at it on an objective level and go, it's just so good in these areas. It's just missing that bit, which kind of pushes it towards the true giants. Oh, giants. George, towards like one of those perfect score kind of things mm-hmm. that I've not handed one out yet. Me either. I'm still rocking a zero on the tens. This does not get that. No. It does get a nine for me, though. It gets nine wow. extra bloody lamb chops <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> nice. So that makes its overall score on an average 7.88. It makes it the 28th best oh, film okay. ever. So cool. we've got a kind of middle of the pack. This is episode 57, so yeah. 29 would be the median. So it's just above the median as to what we do with things on this podcast, which, you know, there's nothing wrong in that because we look at the best of the best. It's kind of what we try to do. Yeah. We do. We're so, only looking at films that are possibly considered to be the best film ever right so. yeah so i mean the bar just to get involved is ridiculously high so that is okay and 7.88 i mean geez yeah most films that imdb this, would kill for that yeah i think the fact that this film is in the middle of everything else that's been rated is it's a good achievement to be fair yeah i mean we all have i mean obviously there's things that we like and things that we like better than things than other things but um it, I, I, it's for me, just, for it's, me just, it's a really strong film. It's just missing that bit where I go, wow. Yeah, there wasn't that wellness. For some people, there is. I'm sure for Carlo or for whoever it was that it was their favorite film of all time. I understand how it could. I understand how it could be someone's favorite film of all time. Yeah, I do. It just doesn't hit me that way. Maybe it's because I saw it years after it was ready, and I knew some of the illusions. I knew Hello Clarice. I knew that. 
I knew the look of the mask. None of those things were gripping me. No. Uh, but I still go fantastic. If you break it down to its individual perspectives, the cinematography is yeah. outstanding. The editing's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I the, think. Yeah. I think it's a victim of its own infamy or yeah. fame because it's been parodied so much. It's been quoted in adverts in like everything. I think because of that, it just creates such a standard and bar of perfection it's, when you see it and it's not that you go oh it's probably a victim of its own legacy as well in the fact that when it came out i think this would have been a lot more gripping than it is now not yeah. this, because we've become somewhat desensitized because in the years since i have watched dexter i have watched other things that have gone down this road and so this isn't the idea yeah. of maybe cannibalism that's alluded to although never actually like outside of a comment of him having a friend for dinner it's about as far as it gets the most brutal thing in this is when he bites the guy's face it's a bit like it's a bit like when you think back in 56 elvis was like banned from swinging his yeah, hips yeah, you know that it, was it's, you know that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more whatever version of that times move on yeah. isn't it you know so i'm going i've been exposed to things that do the same so that sort of oh my god he's so depraved i've, I've seen those characters be celebrated in the case of dexter the idea that he's the hero of that show you yeah, know what i mean yeah, so like yeah, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, it's like cannibalism. Nah. Yeah, I mean, right. so the point where Hannibal now is the lead character who you root. Now, I'm not saying we because we do kind of root for Hannibal as weird as it is in this film, especially at the end when he goes after his doctor. We're like, yeah, you get him. <laughs> He's having him for dinner, which actually that's a terrible thing. <laughs> oh, um, so that is that. So all that's left to do now is to find out what we're watching next week. Ooh. Just before we do that, quick promo. We have got Wanda Revision episode eight has just dropped yesterday so definitely go check Ooh, that out yeah. the penultimate episode of wanda yeah, yeah, revision yeah. on the talk in the mickey feed we've got the parent trap the original 1961 one coming up on the talk in the mickey Hayley feed mills. on thursday Haley mills and Haley mills yep and then we've just done after 82 please go check that out it's a fantastic fantastic uh, not because we were involved we did very little but yeah, just hearing did, yeah. their hearing we hearing what they had to say we basically went so what do you think and they just talked and it's great uh, on that note, on Friday, Ellie, we finally, there's no lies this time, we are dropping <laughs> the Grey's Anatomy cleared for takeoff. It's in the can, ready to go, already uploaded, just needs to be it's released. Did I see that the girl that, um, I've forgotten her name already, the girl that was in the pit in this one was in Grey's Anatomy at some point. Oh, geez, it's 16 seasons. I think I was in Grey's Anatomy at some point. <laughs> <laughs> All the cast of friends. Who, has, who hasn't been in Grey's Anatomy? Jeez. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, all the stuff now is what are we looking at for our full review next yeah. week? And we're kind of in like the dark time of year. Maybe it's maybe it's season effectiveness disorder. Are we another heavy one? We're going for a bit of a heavy one. Ooh. We're going to go somewhere very cold. Yeah. Very snowy. The thing. Nope. No. Nope. Um, Revenant. Oh. Ooh. Jeez, that would have been. No. <laughs> it's a film celebrating its 25th anniversary. Oh. which is why we're doing it. We, we record on the Sunday, the anniversary is on the Monday, and we release it on the Tuesday. Okay. So good timing. Um, it stars Francis McDermott. Fargo. Fargo. Ooh. I've never seen Have it. Have you never seen Fargo? I've never seen it. I love Fargo. Okay. Ethan, the phone might be ringing, because I think uh, Georgia says that she uh, is very busy this coming week, and she feels, I said, it's not that dissimilar from what we're looking at today. It's Ooh, funny, but it's dark humor. Is it the Coen Brothers? It is the Coen Brothers. Okay, I've heard it's about like it. It's like peak Coen Brothers, like dark humor. But and like, this, of course, is the film, yeah, not the television series yeah, that would yeah, later yeah, be made of that. Yeah. Is the TV series around the same thing? Yes. Okay. I believe season one is basically the film Fargo. 
Okay. I believe. Yeah. But I haven't I, seen I, it I've yet. I've not seen any. I want to see it. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so Ethan, are you in for next week? Oh, I'd be totally down for that. Cool. Oh, good so, lad. Join all of us next week. George is not being permanently replaced. It just isn't her her style, and she gets that. Yeah. And yeah, props yeah. to her for 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 knowing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the gruesome guy. We would have <laughs> we would have to have a counseling session, I think, after Silence of a Lamb. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so um, that is kind of the end, though, of our darker areas, and then we do. I will say we do sort of go more towards you know a different a different avenue. Good. <laughs> it, was, it was just weird that we had three that had anniversaries. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, we kind of yeah, yeah. kind of have to do it. Makes sense. So I think, I think, if I think you'll like Fargo. Okay. I do, I do. It's one that actually, this ties in quite nicely. I got my first exposure to this watching Cisco and Ebert at the movies. Oh, they were reviewing the best films of 96, and they yeah, said, yeah. Fargo. Oh, okay. William H. Macy. Yeah, Francis McDermott, the yeah. Cohen brothers. Oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, he's an art. Steve Steve Buscemi. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's great. He's, he just plays like this completely. Like, everybody's a loser in this film. Everybody's a loser. Steve Buscemi was in every single film I can think of between 1989 right through to about 2002. Yeah, like Armageddon's getting <laughs> towards the end of it. But yeah, he's, he's, he's been in everything. If you need a weird guy in a film with buggy eyes, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Desperado. <laughs> so uh we're on a bit long i need to get out of here on something i don't know what to do ah oh got it got it go on all right so please join us next week when we tackle the coen brothers dark comedy fargo probably not dark comedy probably more of a general i don't know what crime it is. thriller says crime thriller Ooh. with comedic elements Cool. Yep. Hard to define. Much like us. <laughs> For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Ethan. And next week when we record, make sure you're there on time. You can't be any later because I'm having a friend for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> this Catch. tastes funny to me. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Catch on the flippity flip flop. Flip <laughs> Have I told you my favourite cannibal joke? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Two cannibals are eating a clown. Oh, yes! One turns to the other and says, Does this taste funny, dude? <laughs> yeah! Jeez. This is so made me laugh. That, that left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I can't believe I managed to get out without crying too that, much. That's the coda, you didn't, by the way. Ian said the punchline for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> that's the coda. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs>